you'll have to forgive me. I have a dog on my lap here, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well. We always have a dog. That's Pet right. Podcast. Anyway. Pet, <laughs> Pet cast. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be getting a dog soon. Keep your fingers crossed. I have no idea what kind. Anyway. Um, go, to the, go to Pet Finder and look. I have been. I've been looking at the local Humane Society websites. Yeah, I, that's how I found this one that's on Pet Finder. Etai just got his, too. Yeah. Excuse me, Lisa. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> says, if I got a puppy, I'm like, you, you mean Lisa got a puppy? <laughs> I just <laughs> pet it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have, uh, Lily, the mm-hmm. thumping you're hearing is a tail. I have a. <laughs> Can you please get your butt out of my face? Thank you. <laughs> oh, dear. Hi. <laughs> uh, Yes, that's the front end. That's fine. <laughs> Much better than the back end, of course. <laughs> oh, dear. Now we have to have a massage. Okay. Oh, well, that'll calm her down. Mm-hmm. And just since we're on the track of animals, you know, Melinda has Butterbeer. That's her orange mm-hmm. cat. And Jules just got Hedwig. Mm. Oh, that's a good name. I didn't even think about that one. Also a cat. Jules has Hedwig the cat. Hedwig the cat. Oh, my. Does Jewel still have the chickens? She hasn't answered that last query. I asked her that yesterday. <laughs> I know she only has, if she does, she only has one because the dogs caught and killed one of them. Aww. But I don't think so. She does yeah. no longer have the tarantula either. That's good. That's her good. caught a tarantula in the front yard and turned it loose in her living room. Oh, no. She was uh, not best pleased at this occurrence. <laughs> I don't think I would be either. Can I ever tell you? No, here's a, here's a side story for you with tarantulas. We had a tarantula in a cage in my junior high school science class, and it got out. Okay. And the social studies teacher, and my junior high school is shaped like a, like a horseshoe, okay? Mm-hmm. And the science classrooms were on one end of one, you know, leg, and the social studies classes were on the other leg at the other end. We had a fur ball, dust bunny, something roll across the floor that she saw out of the corner of her eye. And she spent the rest of the period on the desk. Sure, it was the tarantula. <laughs> because she thought it was the tarantula. And they found it. It was behind the bookcase in the science class. So it never mm. actually got out of the room. But it was missing for like two days. And she was petrified. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> they're cool. They really are. I had a pet tarantula for years. Oh no, I can't uh-huh. in my classroom. My kids thought he, it was great. Her Just name was call you Lee Jordan. Rosie Triangela. That's what they named her. Okay, okay. she was huh. a Mexican red-legged tarantula or Rosie something or other, and so they just mispronounced tarantula and they called her Rosie Triangela. I'm not really a big fan of spiders. Uh-huh. So, you know, I don't run away screaming, but I'm not going to go run after them. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're not going to catch them and turn them loose in your living room? No. All right. too, too much other stuff in my living room that it can hide under. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There's that. Moving right along. <laughs> so, yes. I guess to wrap up all of that, hopefully I'll... Sue or whoever edits this will be able to update what I name my dog, but I'm sure I'll ask the Poofo Nation for suggestions or vote on which one I should name it. 
<laughs> you can put up a poll. It'll be fun. Yeah. For Friday, May 20th, this is episode 123 of Potterfit Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Hey, Ron. The next time you're... In this episode, we feature typically Puffwanian on-topic discussion. Not only entertaining, but educational as well. <laughs> I can touch my toes to the faucet. I can turn on the sink with my feet. It's like the Manhattan Project. Don't take offense to this, guys. You guys are the most dysfunctional people. <laughs> no, they're not! <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. Where the story never ends. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Sue. I'm Scott. I'm Kelly. And I'm Oliver's gal. And today we are bringing you episode 123, Teddy Lupin and the Forest Guard. Yay. By part Lupin. one thereof. Yes. Yes, part one. This is actually part of a larger universe. Uh, the author's name is Fern Withy. Um, you'll be able to get links to the story. Actually, there's a couple of links. We're doing Sugar Quill and I believe her website. Um, that links she, to her live journal, pretty much. Yeah, links to her live journal. She has, uh, I, this is a really fun thing to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has a very large universe. I know that, um, Trisha, who is not with us today, had a hard time reading anything to do with Teddy Lupin because she was a Remus Lupin fan and hated Tonks. And you're going to see Granny Tonks um, here in this story quite a bit. Yes. And this is uh, a little bit of the summer and the lead in to Teddy's first year at Hogwarts, which would have been chronologically last summer in real time because Teddy started Hogwarts this year uh, in 2009. Um, in real time. So this, and I, I came across this story a couple of years ago and suggested that we do it and, uh, what was agreed upon. So here we go. <laughs> it's actually the first fanfic that I read after Melinda Leo's books. So cool. I started with Melinda Leo's seventh Horcrux and then read her other two. And then from that was linked to this. So it's like the fourth fanfic I ever read. Hmm fun yeah yes it and and i i like her writing i like the style her style of writing it's really it flows very well mm-hmm. i kind of like the way they start this first chapter because it um starts with it's almost like the fourth book because it goes off in some seemingly completely unrelated tangent but it starts off describing a particular car and mm-hmm. the various owners that the car has had over the years yeah, and if you, I thought it was fun because you get the um, the wear and tear, uh, the the sticker that's on it. Yeah, the, the sticker from uh, Smeltings. Yes. What uh, the heck does that mean? <laughs> Smeltings was the school that Dudley went to. Right. Yeah. And apparently, so did um, Tonks. Yeah. Which is kind of I, interesting. Why Ted Tonks. Never would have thought of that. Ted. Yeah. Ted was a muggle, wasn't Ted he? Ted Tonks. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think he was just a muggle born. Muggle, muggle born. Yeah. I thought he was a muggle born. Yeah, muggle born. So but why the would he Smeltings? Because well, that's that was the premier. That was one of the premier schools in that area of but, England. 
okay, I read that a little different. Let me see if I can find it. Because the boy, okay, the boy bought it and he came of age and stuff like that. And then it says the daughter wanted it because she needed it for one specific purpose mm-hmm. for which mm-hmm. it was washed and polished and it gained a parking permit sticker now faded for a school called Smeltings. Yeah, so, so it was that came from that, like, Yeah, but I, if I remember, if I remember correctly, I want to say that Remus. Didn't Remus work at Tonk at, at, at Tonks work at Smeltings? Um, not as far as we know in canon. Not in Possibly canon. Possibly in this one. But I, don't in, know. I think in I, this yeah, universe he did. This is editor Wayne here. This author previously wrote a fic based during Order of the Phoenix, where Remus was protecting Dudley at Smeltings. I think he taught history there. It hasn't come out. up in these See, first only... five chapters anyway. Right. Because those are the only ones she, I've read. She didn't have the rest of this universe on Sugar Quill. And I'm like, there has to be more. I, I was really disappointed. <laughs> so now I'm on her live journal. I'm like freaking out because there's like seven more, more stories. Oh, you should see, you should see her. You should see her website. It's like, and unfortunately, the way the website is set up, it's hard to find this story on her website. So anyway. But so I guess maybe that that's a whole different thing because I, I have smeltings question mark on my little um, <laughs> <laughs> my little uh, um, notes for everything. I have I have online post-its. Oh, Just, online post-its. Those are fun. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly something that I thought oh, I when they were it. talking about this, though, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't tell you what period of her life it was in, mm-hmm. but I had the idea maybe Tonks was assigned to kind of shadow dudley see it's that very, the very death eaters did, you know come and try and get to harry through him mm. and so that's yeah, why she it, needed a she needed it for something. one specific cert for one thing and that would make a whole lot of sense yeah oh, you, you have a good point there scott mm-hmm. i hey did anyone catch that uh Ted and Andromeda were flower children because I found that hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, that was that's, fun. That's the same kind of. That's the. Uh, that's the time period, you know. Yeah, <laughs> would have worked. Yeah, they were definitely in the hippies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think about it, and I think about like the ages in real time, uh-huh. and like Lily and and James and Sirius and Remus they're about my parents age in real life and i you know like harry's about 5 years older than me but it kind of works like i you know that those ages that harry's more my generation maybe a little bit older but closer to like what if he was real in like that yeah. that timeline i he think w- uh, didn't he Draco would be have his 30th and 30th birthday or something just like yeah. last week so by the time this comes out, Harry will be quote unquote thirty. Right. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. so, so, and Gran is not a driver. <laughs> no, she isn't. No, <laughs> she is terrified. Mm-hmm. And I can just see her, you know. I can see her yes. white knuckled on the steering yes. wheel. Yes, <laughs> on the steering wheel, hands it, you know, ten and two. Luck. <laughs> you know, as rigid as can be, driving down the road, and he's in the seat next to her, changing yeah. his hair color. She'll be, <laughs> she'll be staring out the front 
windshield and then every once in a while she'll remember she's supposed to check the other mirrors and yeah. like look at all of them and then stare out the front windshield again yeah. and- <laughs> with her nose is right up against the top of the steering wheel like she's yeah. as close to the steering wheel she can get she's like hovering <laughs> leaning forward into the steering wheel yeah. yes thank mm. goodness it's so old it does not have airbags or she'd be dead <laughs> but Teddy is kind of bored and so he's playing with his hair color in the side mirror. And then, yes. Yeah, it's so funny. She's like, Daddy! <laughs> and she stops the car. She physically stops the car. That, like, had me howling. It's like, it's not just heading and keep on moving and, you know, like most of our mothers, just keep on driving and screaming, you know, yeah. with the one eye on you sort of a thing. Don't she had to stop the car. this car over. Yeah, but see, the <laughs> thing is that gets me is, you can be seen in this car, how many times have I told you? And then she realizes yeah. She's not. She's she never hasn't told, told him. him. Right. She. She's told Dora. She told Dora. Dora. She didn't tell Teddy. Yeah. yeah. And that stops her. Really. I mean, it was like, well. Mm. Yeah, that would be a, a wrench. She, <laughs> yeah. She probably runs up against that kind of thing a lot. All the time. I'm sure. And, and then she tells him to take the gray out of his hair when he turns it back to brown. You know. Hmm. For, he's modeling at, He's modeling it after pictures of Remus, who was yeah. gray when he was thirty. Yeah. So. Right. And with Fern Withy, I have to say that she does. You know, even in these first couple paragraphs, it's like she ebbs and flows really well. You know, there's a little bit of a build up and, and you get a little bit serious, and then she t- she tells him to take the gray out. It looks mm-hmm. a bit silly on an eleven year old. So it, it it ebbs and flows so that you're always you know, like oh or smiling and. And you really get in, can be engrossed in the story right from the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we find out here that Harry lived with them for a while mm-hmm. when Teddy was really young until he got married. And I like the way that she puts, you know, the line that she puts in here that tells us that she got married or he got married. And it's that mm-hmm. Teddy is five and hadn't quite grasped the idea that Uncle Harry wasn't going to come back. And live with him and Granny again after the big party where the red-headed girl wore a pretty white dress. That's so cute. Yeah, I, like I also like in the beginning of the story, because like, it, it goes right into it, there, it, where he says a lot of people didn't want Teddy to know he wasn't alone. It's very much the the opposite of Harry, because Harry thought he was alone. So he Harry was always alone, and maybe Teddy feels like he's smothered. A bit? Yeah, they're they're going overboard a little. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, you're not alone. It's like, yeah, I get the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and like the other well. thing, he, he refers to all of this smothering right now as the great pre-Hogwarts orphan tour. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. don't know if I got like my mind went to a cross of like some sort of rock and roll tour and <laughs> like some sort of World War II when they sent out the kids out to the country. Like that's kind of where my mind went when I saw those words. So I could just imagine a rock and roll concert out the co- out the country for all these kids who are displayed. Like, who knows? <laughs> I was reminded of um, Kessa's baby fic we did last season PN cast because uh-huh. uh, they had at one point in the beginning Harry has a great Weasley tour whom everybody keeps coming in to see. So how was the honeymoon? And every single Weasley has to show up. <laughs> the devil who's the who's the uh, the honorary Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That was uh, so yeah, he's kind of. I I don't know. Um, at, at the beginning of this, it may have been guilt more than anything. Oh sure. Mm-hmm. 
and then it became, you know, you are a member of this family. We don't want you to think that you can't ever go to anybody. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that the Weasley family is anyhow. I mean, look what they did with, Te- with Teddy, what they did with Harry. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he's part of this family anyhow, because he's Harry's for, yeah. you know, all intents and purposes. He is Harry's right now. And so they would adopt him into their family. Yeah. That's how they would do it. Yeah. And he's also, he's a little bit special because he's the first child from that generation to go back to Hogwarts. And yeah. And we'll see, doing... and we'll see the ramifications of that in a few. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about Victoire? Yes. <laughs> she is hilarious. Like I, in my notes, I'm like, hmm. Victoire is a bite-sized Hermione. I speak French with my mom every day. <laughs> she's she's not only a uh, she's not only a French Hermione, but she's a French Hermione slash Fleur. Yes, right. it's mm-hmm. even worse. With the, mm-hmm. it's everything's better in France. It's like oh my, <laughs> mm-hmm. leave that one alone. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, here she comes. <laughs> I think that, that he says, you know, hopefully she won't go to Hogwarts. She'll go to Bobatons. <laughs> Please. Mm-hmm. Just go. Uh-huh. I also like the mysterious blank piece of parchment. He's yeah. Not to mention. <laughs> you knew what that was right away, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I loved, I loved what Harry said when he's like, I have a feeling I know what you're talking about. I, I ask that you pass it along to the next person who I may happen to be the father of. So please just don't tell me when it happens. And I was like, that is so adorable. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know, James is going to tell his dad, guess what I got? Yeah. <laughs> guess what Teddy gave me? Woo! <laughs> well, oh, dear. He might have to tell his dad if, you know, when we get later on, because I've already finished the story. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. James is very cute here because he's five in this, and he, um, Teddy is his favorite cousin. Uh-huh. I'm sure every cousin who comes over is his favorite cousin, but uh, at the moment, well, Teddy is his favorite cousin. He's his oldest cousin, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next to Vicky. <laughs> and they all sort of launch themselves at him and collapse, he collapses back into the car. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. James is telling him a story, including, uh, their, they're flying on their brooms. He and Harry are going flying, and they meet absolutely everything you could possibly meet, except right. a hippogriff, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> yes. and, and including a muggle submarine. Yeah. Yes. A flying muggle submarine. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they were swimming in the ocean stories. or something at that point. I wonder <laughs> if it was yellow. Yellow. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly yellow badger den. A yellow badger den. A yellow badger den. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she's like, so Uncle Harry, did you send me the parchment thing? He's like, I don't know what you mean. Which <laughs> parchment? <laughs> what parchment? No, don't let anybody see that. Okay. Yeah. And he has to wait till he gets his wand, which is frustrating. But oh well. Yeah, and I have things to say about wands later. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> I love that he calls her Vicky because that's what I would call her. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we all know I can't say it. It's Victoire. Victoire. Yeah. Well, that's not mm. what it looks like to me, so I just can't do it. Mm. But yeah, and you can tell that 
she really likes him, but he's just not at all. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <enamored. laughs> but mm-hmm. come on, it's like Rahan and Hermione. Like, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's and, not going to notice for a very long time. Yeah. And and he's embarrassed because she rips him about not being able to speak French. And uh, so he turns his face purple so she won't notice he's blushing, mm-hmm. which, of course, is not conspicuous at all. Oh, no, and, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it it's not purple blush, it's royal purple. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like Harry with the dragon pox and whatever fix that was. Fred, George been, kept uh, uh, rebuilding life. Yes, yeah. George kept a uh, change of color on him. <laughs> yeah, I really like this line. It says, by the time he finished, Uncle Harry had wandered off to talk to George and a group of other people who Teddy didn't know and couldn't possibly be there for him. And then it says, they are here for you, you know. And it's Luna that's talking Love to him. Love Luna. Mm-hmm. It's just so perfect. Of course it's Luna. Yeah. Yeah. And she's the one who explains that he's the first child to go to Hogwarts from their generation. Right. And also this group. Yeah. This is the first year that they're going that Hogwarts isn't under construction anymore. They've fixed everything. And it's yeah. important. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's very important. And Professor McGonagall is has been uh, <laughs> has retired and she's on a walking stick. And I don't know, I, I've read this like three <laughs> times. She's she's retired so that she could follow the Quidditch around the country. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. I know. I thought, I thought that was like, I want, I want to retire. When can I retire? Yeah. <laughs> follow the baseball follow team. The, the the sports teams around. Follow hockey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but I didn't, because I listened to it today. The first five chapters have been really good. I haven't gone past the five chapters. And then I listened to it last week when we were going to record it. And, I, and one other time. And I didn't, I missed that she had retired somehow. Oh. And so later in the chapters, when we find out who the new headmistress is, I was like, what? Really? How did I miss yeah. that? Yeah. It says it uh, in the very first chapter here that yeah, she's retired. It, she's retwi- retired, retired apparently to follow Quidditch. Right. Quidditch. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And she apparently, she's a little bit like Dumbledore. Most not entirely, but just because she's a transfiguration teacher, I expect. But she goes around places and she stop, stops to talk to him, so she transfigures a rock into an easy chair and mm-hmm. sits in that to chat with Teddy, and then wanders off again. And I imagine she turns it back, <laughs> or turns back, at, yeah, on its own or whatever. But mm-hmm. well, but Dumbledore old. was always conjuring squashy purple armchairs and things. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> it kind yes, of makes sense now. You know, every time that I would see anything about Dumbledore conjuring a squashy chair, why did I always get the impression that it was covered with gingham fabric? <laughs> I <laughs> just don't know. It just felt like it, you know? <laughs> you know what? I'm like blue and white. You know? <laughs> it just, okay. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't, maybe because my, I don't, I don't even know anybody who has a squashy armchair that's made with gingham fabric, but I can see Dumbledore making one. <laughs> I was picturing like the overstuffed leather or dragon hide or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it would be smooth. I think it would be like a fabric. Okay. I don't know. So, uh, like a chintz or something that it's like real numb. Yeah, it's chintz. comfy and just. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I actually have this, this squashy armchair. I'm going to look and see if I have pictures of it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. So 
It's not. It's blue. It's yellow with a little bit of blue in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, well, okay. Excuse me. Hiccups. Uh, no, I have so, not been drinking. Mm-hmm. This takes us to Granny. And I have to say that Granny gave Neville's grand a real run for money. Did they go to the same grandma school or something for for um, orphan <laughs> boys? Because really, I was a little bit shocked. Yeah, but they're kind of opposite. They're kind of opposite, but they're kind of the same. Like, yeah, but they're, you know? they're doing the opposite thing because Neville's granny was forever comparing him to the father, where this grandmother doesn't want them compared, doesn't want him compared. Mm-hmm. She, she knows that she that's something she would be prone to. So she's trying her hardest never to do that. And it's, again, it's going a little farther over the pendulum. A lot. Then, then, cause it, it just becomes a thing that Teddy's annoyed by because she does it so much. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. It sounds like he's almost like longing to hear about his parents and, and to hear that he looks like them and, and that he sounds like them or he stands like them or he talks like them. And, Arab and and you know Andromeda just nips it in the bud and he rolls his eyes like to- I mean and I and she goes on and she talks about how she looks a lot like Bellatrix and I completely kind of understand you know how she felt and in, in being compared and I'm sure Harry would you know the eyes thing the James thing I I can get that but I I think that there's a happy medium in both sides. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually. Get- I didn't actually picture Andromeda as looking that much like Bellatrix, but in this story, she does. Yeah. Because um, every time she f- walks in someplace, people are like, "Oh, it's you." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, but but in fandom, like you know, that was the, his first reaction is like when he dropped into the Tonkses was that Andromeda looks like Bellatrix, only her hair's lighter. You know, mm-hmm. so I think that it's okay to keep that because I was like, is that a fandom thing or is that a canon thing? And it's a canon thing mm-hmm. um, in the seventh book. So yeah, I do always picture her as having lighter hair than Bellatrix would. Like um, they, I expect them to have sort of similar facial structure, but because mm-hmm. we already knew that Bellatrix had dark hair and Narcissa was blonde, I kind of expected that Andromeda would have like the medium brown. Mm-hmm. Just to go in the middle, but I don't know. Yeah. But now I kind of wonder if, if Narcissa was blonde by choice or naturally so. Yeah. I don't know. I never you know, really thought of it that way, but it's possible. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit thrown off by the movies because I think she had like two toned hair. Yeah. That was just a little weird. They were, yeah. I think they were trying to deliberately relate her to. Um, looking like Bellatrix because we don't yeah. we never actually have someone say uh, oh these are the black sisters you know so mm-hmm. uh, right. but in the what books they, she was looked a lot more like Lucius they were both like very pale and blonde people so but yeah. anyway um, McGonagall sort of chides Andromeda a little bit for having cut them off because people are almost arguing over whether he looks more like um, Dora or Remus, and she says, "Well, he's a metamorphagus. He can look like whoever he wants. So, yeah, don't talk to him about that." And yeah, it's a little abrupt. Yeah, and McGonagall just kind of sits her down and says, "Okay, let's chat." <laughs> I can just see her putting on the school marm voice, you know, <laughs> the McGonagall voice. Oh man, you're in trouble now. Yeah, she's like, "Why does this sound like the prelude to a lecture?" Well, <laughs> because it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then we find out that Teddy is longing to make friends his own age because he's the oldest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know. The closest to his age is Ictoire and she's annoying. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then she has, he has some friends who are um, children of his parents' friends. And mm-hmm. these are apparently some of Fernwithy's characters from her other stories. I didn't, I don't really know much about that. But uh, yeah, the Apcarns and some of the others were in the story she wrote about Remus and Tonks. So. Yes, and I've read that one somewhere along the line as well. Because when I was listening to this today, I was like, now, wait a minute, I know these names. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's another story, but I couldn't remember if it was part of this one further along that I was remembering or if it's... But now that Scott said that, I, I remember that it is. Mm-hmm. Shifts so. and changes. Yeah. But yes, he's quite looking forward to going to Hogwarts, not just for going to Hogwarts, but because Uncle Harry met all his friends at Hogwarts, so maybe Teddy will too. Mm -hmm. And and so he wanders around a little bit and listens to bits of people's conversations and such, which is what you do when you're a kid. And uh, we end up in front of Hermione. She's talking about going in front of the Wizengamot. So she's on her way for the trial warrior thing. Who wants to see Hermione as a trial lawyer? <laughs> as a tribal warrior? <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Jen. Why? Is that what you said? Obviously yes. not. I- <laughs> no, it wasn't what he said, but yes, I definitely want to read a fic about Hermione as a trial lawyer. <laughs> I don't. What did you say? <laughs> It's kind of it's kind of been scratchy on my end. So, oh, t- <laughs> trial lawyer. Oh, trial lawyer works so much better. That would have been oh, like. So, could you imagine like Joe Rowling being interviewed the morning after? I mean, like a Harry and Ron become warriors, and Hermione becomes a tribal warrior, and then <laughs> silence in the room. Like she almost had it. Now we just hate the story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jen. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not quite the same, I don't think, but you know. It's close. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to have to go find that clip. <laughs> but apparently. Um, she's advocating on behalf of Vivian Waters, who is a werewolf and is being denied an apprenticeship and they're a little bit uncomfortable at first whether they should talk about werewolves in front of Teddy and he's like it's okay I know about werewolves yeah. but, uh, and then he morphs and, and he's apparently a great morph because it even scares her yeah that's also one thing I, I you know every uh, fandom story is a little bit different on the morphing like you know he seems to be able to really be able to manipulate his facial features Mm-hmm. Not just change a nose or his eye color or his, you know, ear, you know, he to really have that wolf face and, and you know, all that, that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not like, um, a transfiguration of each individual part. He, he's able to just morph in, in this story, which is fine. It's just how different authors interpret that metamorphomagus, mm-hmm. um, canon aspect, you know, so. Mm-hmm. And there are I, all sorts of ways you can do that. Yeah. You kind of have to put some limitations on it. Otherwise, it just goes anywhere. But yeah, yeah. it's fun. 
And I like that he has to actually concentrate. You know, they make a big deal mm-hmm. out of that. He does have to kind of think about what he's doing. It's not an automatic. So it's not like he can think to himself, oh, I'd like to have red hair. And it, it turns red just because he's thought that. He has to actually concentrate and say, mm-hmm. okay, I'm turning my hair red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always imagined they sort of have to picture what they want to look like and then um, sort of force themselves into the change or whatever. Like put their own face in and then the changed face. And, mm-hmm. Because can... um, when we first meet Tonks, she screws up her face in order to change her hair color. So that's sort of where that comes from. Right. But I can see, though, as a child that um, it is a little bit easier. Like you see someone and you just mimic Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think as a baby and stuff like that, that's kind of how it was. But now yeah. now I think that he you know, it's it's with everything that innocence makes everything easy. And, you know, as you get older, you learn that, you know, it, it takes a lot more work to figure out mm-hmm. those those simple things. So, right. To do it right, at least not to just kind of um, yeah. happen upon it. Mm-hmm. And I like that Teddy beats Ron at Wizard Jess. Yes. yes. My notes mm-hmm. say, Ron has met his match. <laughs> mm-hmm. In an 11-year-old. <laughs> yes. He wanders over because Harry and Ron are playing chess and uh, Harry says, oh, I'm sort of, I'm running into trouble here. Hey, Teddy, you want to take over? And Ron's like, oh, sure, you let the um, 11-year-old take the last three moves and lose. And he's like, no, I don't need to lose. I'll just do this. And Ron's like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh and no. I think the better thing that I love is that they played until the dishes started floating out and both of them lost interest. And yeah. in parentheses, Ron's bishop allowed Teddy's queen to get the checkmate. And they, as they put the game away, Ron's king was wailing about being betrayed for a plate of chicken. <laughs> and it's those little like bursts of like nonsensical stuff that I'm like, this is a great story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It is fun. Because it's totally a wrong thing to do. Be like, ooh, food. And like, you know, leave his other favorite pastime. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, food's going to beat out food, or food's going to beat out chess in the old time. Yep. <laughs> I can just imagine the little uh, marble king or whatever they're made out of, you know. Ah, betrayed for a plate of chicken. Fasty you know? <laughs> <laughs> scallywag. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Teddy always likes coming to the Weasleys to eat because Molly's still a really good cook. Yeah. Everybody likes Molly's cooking. Mm-hmm. And they're going to Diagon Alley the next day and they're kind of excited about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take I like it. the point that they bring up uh, getting the potions ingredients last because um, the, they'll spoil if you drag them around all day. Right. Just some of those little things you think about. Or that you don't think about that she's thought about, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And Ollivander has a granddaughter, apparently. Yes. In pretty much everything I've read, it's always just, it's either him or somebody else who looks almost exactly like him. And uh, <laughs> like they uh, pass on the Ollivanderness through the line or something in there. <laughs> like Oliver, Born Ollivander? Born looking 50. <laughs> right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like this concept of the granddaughter. And I like her, even though... She's having a little trouble when we get to the wands. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, of course, Terry, Teddy says he doesn't need a wand. And they're like, well, you're kind of going to need a wand. He's like, no, I'll just use dad's or mom's. Right. And, uh, yeah. And he's just, this is just a casual thing. He's like, sure, I'll just use those. Could I have some salt? The, everything just sort of stops. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Because he, he's very, you know, it's very natural to him. And they all just think, oh, no. And then, of course, Andromeda is like, oh, you can't. You have to have your own wand. Mm-hmm. And She's tried so hard to make sure he gets to be his own person. Now he's volunteering not to be, sort of. Yeah. Well, you know, and that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Because if, you know, yes, we have the wand chooses the, you know, wizard. the wand chooses the wizard. And if one of those two wands is natural to him, then he should use it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it, it's okay if it was his father's or his mother's. It's, you know, it, it it's it'll be attuned to him. It'll be his wand. And it's not like other people haven't done this in the past. Because Oh, yeah, look at Ron's. Yeah, Ron used his brother's wand. It was a hand-me-down, you know. It didn't work as well as maybe some of the others, but it certainly worked for him so it's not an unheard of thing but <laughs> this is where it comes up though because uh, she probably thinks of that as um basically no, you do hand-me-downs no. when you're poor Stop or that. because the only the only reason they didn't get one is because they had it they had the one there and i guess charlie had a new one or didn't need it or something and when ron got a new one himself it did work better for him same with yeah. neville but That's true in Teddy's case, it doesn't seem to be how it works. Right. So. so, and then I love that little owl kind of breaks the tension by trying to akio, akko, akko, the chocolate cake, which his mm-hmm. father obligingly it, sends his way. Yes. <laughs> Harry just sort of floats it over, hiding, hides his wand in his sleeve or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Akio chocolate in. cake. <laughs> That's a good thing to summon. Yeah, I want some of that, especially if it's Weasley chocolate cake. Yeah, I think it's, but I think it's funny that he used the butter knife. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just wave anything; it'll work. Yeah, I'm gonna try this. I think it would have been cute if um he had done accidental magic with the butter knife. I mean, I don't question what she did. It was cute that way, too. I think it would have been cuter if that had been, like, his first yeah. accidental magic. <laughs> Chocolate cake zooms up and hits him in the face. Maxeria face, yeah. So, of course, Teddy leaves the table because he's a little uncomfortable now. And Victoire comes over and says, are you in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, you know I don't like you, right? <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then she almost spoils the surprise. Yeah. Yes. And uh, earlier we find out that um, Charlie had a baby dragon that he was showing off. Yeah. And, and this time the box isn't on fire, so it must not be a dragon. It must, it must not be a dragon. And you have to wonder, you know, where's Hagrid? Because we've got baby dragons to play with. Mm-hmm. But he, I guess not. He is kind of absent. You would think that he would be here for this as well. Hagrid. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has duties at the school or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he isn't really addressed necessarily. We come across him eventually. But, mm-hmm. yeah. and- but yes, Teddy has a surprise. And uh, <laughs> I like Charlie. He's goofing off a little bit. A, so, a lot of let's it. See. Uh, hmm, I need a uh, Teddy Rebus Lupin if there should be such a person anywhere nearby. Oh, there you are. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the whole description. I own a cat. A grand well, animal. Hagrid. Oh, it is Hagrid. There he is. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I missed him earlier. That's a grand animal named Keys. 
Because I left him with Hagrid, and I went home, and he was the keeper of the keys. Mm-hmm. And Hagrid sneezed for two weeks, which actually, when I listened to this earlier, I was like, wow, something Hagrid's allergic to, an animal that Hagrid's allergic to. That's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. I think it's just that's it's canon, funny though. that the little bit of a cat is the thing that he's allergic to. That a little domestic house cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We get that in the first else. book. Because uh, when he's trying to decide what to buy for Harry, he says, well, not a cat. They make me sneeze. And That's toads true. are a little passe, so he'll go for an owl. And, right. But yeah, I hadn't thought of that until just now. But it, it actually is a canon thing for Hagrid. That's true. <laughs> Good catch by the author. Mm-hmm. So this is the... Yeah, Teddy's a little confused because Charlie's grand announcement is, I own a cat. And he's like, I didn't know. <laughs> but... No. It, the fact is that Keys has had kittens. Well, Lots of them, apparently. Has fathered kittens. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because he's the friendliest. <laughs> has friends cat. in many places. <laughs> <laughs> I got friends in low places. Sorry. I, I think it's funny that he's trying to say that his cat gets around without saying his cat gets around. <laughs> mm-hmm. He is most warmly received on a particular farm near the preserve. Yes. And uh, the uh, the lady whose farm it is seemed to think there were quite enough cats around. And uh, so, so we have we have three. We do. Mm-hmm. And Teddy gets to choose one of them. And he picks the calico. And he gets the the calico, who looks like Bludger. Bludger. Who I imagine must also be in the other fic. I don't know, but probably Bludger is in there somewhere. I'm glad to see that someone used like the Quidditch names for animals because that was that's one of the names in the running for my new dog is Quaffle or Luna, depending on what she looks like. (laughs) Well, that's where I got. You know, Potter's where I got Lily from. Right. Mm-hmm. I wanted like a Potter, not a, a Potter name, but a, a like a canon sort of word mm-hmm. that's unique. Mm-hmm. And I liked Quidditch, little Quiddy, but I'm like, that's a lot to yell at. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Waffle works. <laughs> Waffle's cute. Bludger works think, too, though. Like I, I had Bludger only reserved if I got an English bulldog because they're like, you know, rough and tumble and... Oh. So, yeah. Just, you know, be careful what you name your animal because they tend to Take grow effort. into their names. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> Bernie has been struck by lightning? What? <laughs> well, you know, he's been sitting up on top of things just waiting. Yes, he <laughs> oh, dear. Um, how about Snitch? That was the other one I liked, too. But I'm like, snit, like, snitch doesn't come off very good when you're yelling. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Quaffle does. Quaffle. Uh, yeah. Luna. And it'd have to be something fuzzy and yellow for snitch to work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. But anyway, um, I did, could well, be a canary, maybe. Said, I was just going to say that. I was yeah. like, oh, God. Because that's what it is. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> okay, so... We have, he has chosen a kitten. And how do we name the kitten? We name it? Well, after games. Yes, all of the, most we of have, the other cats in the family have been named after Quidditch things. Right. And of course, Victoire wants to name it something French. 
and James wants to name it Martian Sea Monster Potter. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's got to be a pig farts reference in there somewhere. Stone, exploding snap. Fanged Frisbee. Yeah, I don't think you want a cat named Fanged Frisbee. <laughs> no, it's no. asking for trouble there. Yeah. But but, I, uh, I like for the snapper, like for the exploding snap and it can be snapper. I thought that was kind I of like cute. football. Mm-hmm. That was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, be under your foot all the time. Ron names her by accident. Yep. He's playing chess again and he calls out checkmate and the kitten looks up. Uh-huh. So and bounces. That apparently is her name. Yes. Checkmate. She likes and it. Victoire doesn't like it at all. Of course not. No. And her new kitten is called Beau Chaton, which Teddy thinks is just silly because <laughs> it, all it means is beautiful kitten. Right. Which, yeah. <laughs> and so right. he starts calling it Bushy. <laughs> <laughs> which, yeah, just puts him in, you know, her good book. Mm-hmm. And the third one is finally going to be named. Martian. 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 You know what this name is Martian Sea Monster Potter. Like <laughs> that that's a given. Yep. <laughs> you think they call him Marty or is you think it's gonna be Martian? Here, Martian, here, kitty 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 kitty. Oh uh, yeah. That's Who knows? Cool. it'll be Marty. I would not be surprised if some point he did turns green. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh-huh. Somebody will turn him Your green. Your eyes are like a, a green pickled toad. Oh no! <laughs> Chubby cat green. I don't know something. Oh, you mean like the sunshine like the- daisies, <laughs> buttermellow? <Yeah. laughs> turn this stinking rat, Fat yellow. rat yellow. yellow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know yeah. that's a fucking turn right there. <sighs> Oh my. Yes. But I, I love James, the little five-year-old, and he, he looks at, at the cats, and then he looks at Lily, and they're like, they're brother and sister. They must always know each other. Yeah. And it's such a serious little moment, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> so we had, we had Bludger and Granny and Snitch. They had a quaffle. Dodger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, Yeah. Excuse me, I do not need a bath. You do. <laughs> that was really random. <laughs> this is what happens when podcasting with pets. <laughs> I thought she was just trying to tell us that she didn't need a shower tonight, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> like, ouch! <laughs> oh, and that was a tongue in the Sorry. mouth. I could tell. That, that was not a tongue in the mouth. That was a paw in the eye oh. and then in the mouth at the same time. Scrap oh, down dear. my face. Ouch. Oh. How nice and, for you. <laughs> and then they turn they return home and Teddy learns about the significance of Granny and that Granny the cat is the great grand cat of Checkmate. Right. right. So which mm-hmm. is sweet. And he kinda likes that because he does hears something where he can be connected to his parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he gets the basket full of toys that was his mother's basket for her. Mm-hmm. Then he has a, you know, then they settle down and they go to bed and he has a dream. Mm-hmm. He dreams about his mom and him. And it, it I, I read it twice and I kind of got it and, and maybe someone can better articulate what was going on in that dream. Well, he just, he's, it's one of those dreams where he's awake, which was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And he gets up and he goes over to where the nursery is. And at first it just looks like the nursery. And then there's himself as a baby in the crib. And when he turns around, now his mom is sitting in the chair by the crib. And they're just having a... It seems to be an actual past moment because she herself Mm. wakes up from some nightmare that she was having. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's just having... He's connecting with his mom here. And it's through the cat. Checkmate Mm -hmm. is the one that brought him in. And she's kind of... I think that she's kind of brought this memory or this dream to him. Because Mm -hmm. she's also connected through Granny. Yeah. Because it starts with her chasing her tail. He follows her a little bit. And um, then she wakes him up because he looks down and checkmates attacking his toes. And then he's back in bed and she's still attacking his toes because she wants breakfast. Kittens do that. Yeah. And then we're we're really at the next day and they're going to Diagon Alley. Mm -hmm. Teddy is conversing with Gran, sort of. Um, she occasionally manages to put something in because she's <laughs> slightly less nervous. But Can you totally see her driving a Volkswagen Beetle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, cool. think, I think you get, you get the fact that she can drive a Volkswagen Beetle, not that she couldn't drive it before, but the fact that they allude to her flower child-ness. I'm yeah. Like, yeah I mean, it's like, it's totally it gives, a Beetle. It gives the precedence. <laughs> I well, I actually in my mind kind of had the big van mm-hmm. because really? of, of yeah. Well, they wouldn't have had a van. There weren't very many actual large vans. Volkswagen in buses, England, but uh, yeah. well, d- well, Volkswagen buses like are not big. Station yeah. wagon or something. I don't know. <laughs> but I can totally see a Beetle. Yeah, yeah. It's quite possible fun. either way, but. I like that one of Granny's comments is, where do you come up with these things? (laughs) (laughs) I think think that's an answer to something that she just wants to laugh at, but it's not proper. So she sidesteps the actual question. Right. Or it's something that she doesn't want to answer. So she's just going to look around it. Mm -hmm. And and here we get again the uh, reaction. Where she yeah. walks in yeah. and Tom's like, "Whoa, oh, it's you, Madam Tonks." You know. Mm-hmm. Well, what gets me is I'm a little, I'm a little further back. Uh, what gets me is the, it's been eleven years since the war ended, mm-hmm. and you are still having itinerant shops in Diagon Alley, shops yeah. that are here one year and gone the next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like they're still fighting to get out of that economic void that was that year that was lost when Voldemort was in was in charge mostly yeah. so but it kind of makes sense I mean I I think that well, yeah. after that any war sense. I mean it, it's it's very realistic because you know after any war any significant devastating war I mean it takes a while to rebuild and I think that the author took very good care not to make everything Picture perfect. Oh You're breathing into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sir. It's like, like, it's like uh, <laughs> I thought I was in a hurricane. Heard <laughs> tornado. Oh my gosh. It was really funny because all of a sudden it was like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, at least he wasn't snoring. It's cool. Oh, that is, it, yes, it is really realistic that mm-hmm. they are struggling and that, so that the author took very good care not to make everything sunshine and daisies after the aftermath. Right. We don't see the aftermath like so many people may or may not like of, of, you know, the traditional canon, but this is something that you can infer that it wasn't easy. And I think that I was also very, I don't want to say shocked, but later on in these five chapters, you know, I, I was just kind of set back on my heels a little bit about some of the blood issues, you know, that it, it wasn't wrapped up neat and tidy, that there is still some, some stuff there. And we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yes, there are all sorts of shops that there are a few that are still always there. Like there's quality Quidditch supplies and there's Oliver Wood. Yes. Oh, Oliver now oh. owns quality Quidditch supplies. Yeah, there's Has a whole stuff. banner. <laughs> but so it's not quite the same as it's been there all the time because it had to get new management, but at least it's still there. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of new shops that keep changing and one place where Teddy bought a Christmas present one time isn't there anymore and there's apparently naughty shops in Diagon Alley as well and uh, oh Luna um, has a whole quibbler rack and uh, she's uh, gone hunting with Wendigos or something apparently <laughs> and where dingo you know that's so funny because I see, I see that and I'm thinking Luna is doing the adventures that that Gilderoy Lockhart was pretending Lockhart to have. pretended to do, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah. I, I was touched by the uh, Fortescue Monument. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I was really guy. touched by that. Mm-hmm. And he just smiles and waves at everyone. But, you know, the monument moves very wizarding style like. But I, I felt that that was part. very impor- important for that area, mm-hmm. you know, because he really mm-hmm. was the first attack on Diagon Alley. In that was war, I, I I don't was, know if Ollivander was, was first or second, but I think he was the first. We'll say death. Well, he mm. disappeared. Yeah. Right. So he was more Ollivander like just sort of closed anything. the shop and vanished because they captured him. But Fortescue, it was more obvious that mm-hmm. yeah. Well, happened. he just vanished out of thin air. You know, he was mm. there one day and gone the next. And also Ollivander's back, so he's still yeah. around, so it's a little it'd be a little odd to be having a statue to him when he's still there. You know. Right. And um oh, what was I, I had some other thing I was going Oh, they go and uh, they go into the menagerie, which is also still there, and Checkmate now has more toys than she could possibly ever use. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. They extravagantly deck her out. Yeah. I mm-hmm. thought that was funny. And then they head to Ollivander's. Yeah. So, and, you know, are you ready to find the right wand? And Teddy's like, yes. And she's, Granny's like, I'm going to trust you to try to get a wand that works and not, you know, hold out for your parents' wands. And she doesn't really say that, but that's what she means. Which is kind of unfortunate as things turn out, but. Yeah. She's trying to make sure he has the best wand for he could possibly can. Right. And, and then we meet uh, Ollivander's granddaughter, 
who is very Tonks-like, actually. <laughs> yeah, she's Tonks. <laughs> Mostly just because she's nervous and she's new and her, grandma, her grandfather's sitting there in the back room just sort of watching, but she trips over the ladders and wands fly Drops everywhere. And, um, yeah. And yeah. she's trying to do his thing and uh, say, ah, you're Mrs. Tonks and you must be, except he do- she doesn't actually know all the names. Right. So she calls him Eddie at first. <laughs> Teddy. Oh, right, Teddy. Yes, Teddy, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I knew your mom. She mm-hmm. got me through potions. <laughs> yep. They're both Hufflepuffs. Yeah. Well, and and actually, that's a and if you look at that, Ollivander knows and remembers everything. everything. And to have her say, "I knew your mom. She was older than I was and got me through potions." That's actually a good thing mm-hmm. because this is somebody who, you know, she remembers from twenty years ago. Right. If not longer, yeah. So, and I think yeah, one thing that we missed have quite the background to draw not, that he did. not yet. Yeah, one mm-hmm. thing we like. Oh no, I don't think we touched upon it yet. But she got me through potions, and like that was like the little inkling. I was like, huh, Tonks and potions. I can see her like blowing up the <laughs> uh, my my the initial <laughs> my initial thought was that she would blow up the lab, but this story but you, convinced me otherwise. I'll but you that. know, you know. You can be a very clumsy person with your feet, mm-hmm. with your hands when you drop things. But following a recipe or following a potion, you can yeah. be very precise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could you could have two left feet, but if you know down to the drop what a recipe is supposed mm-hmm. to have, you can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've known people like, like that devil. before. <laughs> he forgets things and he doesn't know what he's doing in potions, but he's ab- he absolutely knows everything in herbology. So right. Right. it's just you have your own sort of talents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that Neville, had it been any other teacher, would have been probably very good in potions as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I, I think it's a that... little encouragement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He probably would have responded well to Slughorn, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. So we go about the wands and everything he tries, it's just not working. Different, you know, phoenix, unicorn, blah, blah, blah. Finally, she pulls out one and it's, it, oh, it's dwarf birch with, blah, blah, blah. and, and Ollivander's like, what'd you say? It's acromantula thing. I tried the, the shards. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. And I'm going to try others. I was like, woohoo, go stand up for yourself, mm-hmm. girl. Yeah. yeah. She's an, ex- she's experimenting. She's doing her own thing. Because Ollivander's being a grump. I'm sorry. He's just, he's a curmudgeon. <laughs> well. Yes, we've always used those three. Those are the three things we use. But um, she's trying other stuff just in case. Yeah. And she tried all kinds of experimental cores and nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing's mm-hmm. even close to. Nope. It's not even like Harry, who's blowing things up all over the place. He just, uh, they yeah. aren't working at all well. And then she, I like that she has an inkling. She's like, are you sure? You haven't used any other wands? You haven't tried anything? You know, and it's like, she knows that nothing's going to work because something's already chosen him, but she wants him to say that. Mm -hmm. And he's not going to say it, and it's the truth. He hasn't. um, Scott, Scott, you're breathing breathing again. again. (laughs) Oh, dear. I don't know. Scott, I, don't it's breathe. A, Just hold your into odd places. Yeah, that's uh, probably what it is. I'm sorry. I have this flashback of Ryan. Gee, stop breathing. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not <clears throat> typing. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, so she she kind of knows that there's something, but he is telling him the truth. He hasn't played with the other wands. He doesn't know that he's, you know, that they have possibly chosen him because he hasn't. And he's just, and they've been at this now over an hour. He doesn't know what to do. He's feeling bad for her because she's not making a good showing in front of her grandfather. And mm-hmm. he's feeling guilty because his grand thinks that he's lied and isn't trying. And mm-hmm. none of that is true. I kept but. seeing Neville in this scene. I kept seeing Neville. Every time I read it, I'm like, you know, Teddy and Neville have this, this bond and kinship that I don't even think Harry can understand. But I kept seeing Neville. Yeah. You so know, who just you, with everything. Like, So so who do you think the, the dark haired girl with the, with the blue eyes is? whose father recognizes Andromeda. <sighs> Having finished the five chapters, we know who she is, but yeah. she has to be, you know, with this little bit, it's like, I think that it, it's someone right. introducing Teddy's nemesis. Yes. Yeah. 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 I said, it's the female Malfoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking but, that too. It's the female Drago. But really, like, if you, when you read it, I'm like, she's this odd cross of Draco and Hermione. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because she is very, you know, she's very, very shallow and very blood purity, blood status. She still. reminded me of Hansy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, some of the things she does is very, like, Hermione-like with the, with the rules and the, like, she follows all the rules, and she's very much like, you know, I'm going to put you in your place if you don't follow the rules. But she also is definitely all about this blood still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so. that's why I was like, okay, so maybe the Malfoy, you know, Hermione shippers might like this girl because it's her, it's their offspring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, I know. Um, yes. so, I didn't really notice her much when I was first reading the scene. But. I just noticed the jump. Yeah. The kid who jumped out of his skin, his first side of her. So but, yeah, because he thinks that she's her sister as well. I mean, everybody's mm-hmm. kind of got that. So finally, the wand has reacted. It hasn't reacted very well, but it's at least it's done something. And he's very feebly going, "Oh look, it works. Maybe I can come back when nobody else is here watching me." Because now yeah. he's all self-conscious and nothing's you know going to happen. And so mm-hmm. they take this wand, which <laughs> we know. Is not right for him, but nobody else knows. Yeah. So they're all going on about how wonderful it was when they first got their wands. And he's kind of going, eh, well, so I, it's I not really it's like really, that. I think it's really funny that they go to lunch and she's talking about how Granny lost her first wand in a hex war with her older sister, mm-hmm. <laughs> Bella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Narcissa isn't really the hex war type, I don't think. No. <laughs> no. I, I get that, and I've always thought it, thought about it this way, I think that Bella's the oldest, Andromeda mm-hmm. is the middle, and that... You think Narcissa uh, was the youngest? I think that Narcissa was the youngest. Yeah, I kind of agree And I also that. kind of get the feeling with the blonde that Narcissa might not be an actual black, but <laughs> <laughs> will not go no, I think she. I think she is an actual black. I don't know. I just, I think I, I, it, it had to be the right lineup of genes for her to get that blonde hair. So, mm, it's well, true. That That's my she only was, concern. But she, but she wasn't all blonde, though. She was party colored. Uh, no, that's just a movie thing. <laughs> no, 
in in the book she is just blonde because she Matt Harry notices that she and Malfoy look very similar and mm-hmm. the same they come, face. they come into the uh, top yeah, but, box yeah she's got she, she's got too much of the characteristics of her sisters not to True. be a black mm-hmm. but that might be the the mom side yes yeah. we don't, don't know, know what color Sirius's really... mother's hair is or any of the other uh, yeah. elder blacks we don't really know just mm-hmm. that. Sirius and Bella both have black hair. Right. So, anyway. so you, are you thinking the milkman? Is that what you're thinking? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you never know. In the I parlor suppose. with the candlestick. <laughs> oh, that's just wrong. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Oh, so we've gone to lunch. Yeah, we sure have. And, uh, <laughs> Here we could get uh, the um, original characters again from Burn with these other series. And they're also all excited about Teddy getting his new wand and is he getting ready for Hogwarts and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and they're they're talking about their first wands and everything. Mm -hmm. And And they invite them over for supper, but Andromeda's already accepted going to Bill and Fleur's and Teddy's like, what? Oh, no. Another day? <laughs> yeah. I saw them oh, yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I can't take more than one day of victoire. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Frankie comes in finally because he's been over at the Weasley's place picking up pranks and stuff. And he comes mm-hmm. in and says, okay, you're going to sit with me on the train tomorrow and I've already told my friends that you're going to do it. And his mother's like, well, you know, he might want to meet other first years. Well, they can sit with us too. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, he has a top hat in Hufflepuff colors. It says I'm, I'm picturing striped like the cat in the hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly where I went. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's a little flamboyant, but fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. He's a Hufflepuff. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? <laughs> like that, he's he's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, actually, I was thinking more along the lines of like Mad Hatter, all black with a white with a white ribbon or a yellow a ribbon. Yellow. Yeah, it could be that too. I could see that one too, but it's fun anyway. Yeah. And they finally stop off at the apothecary and get a starter potions kit, and then you have to love Granny. And she gets him a new cauldron and some other things. And then she looks at the starter kit and adds, without explanation, at least 15 extra things, muttering that if she knew his black blood, he'd need them by October. And she preferred that he didn't pilfer them from Slughorn stores. So <laughs> she's already anticipating the trouble that he's going to get into. Yeah. But Slughorn uh-huh. is still there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's interesting. I, he came out of retirement and yet... Uh, 15 years later, there he is. Yeah. The one thing I did want to notice, and I, I caught this on, on second reading, is that Granny was afraid of a first-year rush, but there was no one there at Madame Malkin's robes. And that should yeah. tell you something, because, yes. mm-hmm. you know, they're close to the start. There should still be a bunch of kids getting their stuff, and there's no one there. Right. So it just right. it's kind of these little context clues that it's like, oh, okay, that was you know she was leading us up to yeah. point X, mm-hmm. and you know you you catch them. So, mm-hmm. so she 
heads off to St. Mungo's. Granny heads off to St. Mungo's and he decides he's going to check out his wand again and just see if he can feel some of this really neat stuff. Because everybody else has talked about, oh, when I first touched it, it felt alive in my hand and it was just so cool. And he's like, I didn't feel any of that. And, you know, he's kind of feeling bad about it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he, he opens his box and he takes out the wand and it feels slightly warm, but it's been sitting in the sun. So that could be it. It could be a quill for all that he's feeling. Yeah. And then, so he's he's really having buyer's remorse here. Yeah. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't then, blame him. Oh, no. no. Then he picks up his dad's. Well, first of all, Checkmate climbs up there and kind of points him at the basket that the wands are in. I Smart love this kitty. cat. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the cats that are seers in this one. Who knows? Yeah. And then he, yeah, he picks up the wands and he, he feels something when he picks up his dad's wand, but here comes grand. So he's got to quick, put everything away. And, but instead of putting mm-hmm. the wands away, he slips them in his pocket. Well, he slips them in the box and then later into his pocket. I'm actually surprised that Tonks's wand survived. Mm-hmm. I think that's explained later. Yeah. I think I think that is explained later. Okay. We'll have to look if up. If I remember the story correctly. Yeah, neither of them had been taken by force, so their allegiance hadn't shifted to well, it would have been to uh what Dolohov killed Remus. Yes, and, and Bellatrix. Um, Bellatrix killed Tonks. Yes. Yeah. And in this box are other treasures of his mom's and dad's. Um one of the things Pictures. he has is his mom's wedding band, but his dad apparently had lost his. Mm-hmm. and Because that, he had thin fingers. That will come in later, if I remember yeah. correctly, too. Mm, foreshadowing all over the place. Yep. yep. Well, it's like mm-hmm. been three or four years since I read this, so I don't know uh, if yes. I'm remembering very well. And I, I read it about two or three months ago. So things like as I'm reading, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that that's going to happen. This is going to happen. Now I want to go and read so they, the next seven books. <laughs> yeah. So now they're they've gone to Shell Cottage, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, Tenny gets greeted with excitement again. Yeah, Arthie little Weasley. Arty. Mm-hmm. You can tell this was written right after the seventh book was released, but before the um, the official um, family tree was released. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and, and like the who married who sort of thing. But that's okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It still works. And yep. uh, Bill is definitely a Weasley. What's he got? Four or five kids here? Yeah. <laughs> I think he has four and five is on the way. And the fifth one's on the way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're almost all girls. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Artie. Well, except for Artie. Yeah. Well, I said <laughs> He's almost all. He's a boy. <laughs> It's a reverse Weasley thing. It's a reverse Weasley <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. But I, I like that. Apparently, Artie likes to wave his finger around and say whoosh, which is fun. It's his wand. And I like that they uh, they note that he's the same age as Al Potter, but he talked a, great, a good deal more having a house full of bickering sisters. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Got to get a word in edgewise there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, when you're trying to get a word in edgewise and James is your older brother. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. So we find out that they're, he's expanding because, you know, with yeah. all the kids, he needs to, to get some expansion going on. And so he's talked to his dad about expansion spells and 
construction going <laughs> I'm on. Thinking, oh no, it's going to look like the burrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it'll look okay. Yeah, because he's building out instead of up is the way yeah. it sounds to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's fun though. There's a lot of parallel there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, Vicky has decided that she may be wanting to go to Hogwarts, and I can just hear Teddy going, no! <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maggie has made her hair green and spiky, so it's mm-hmm. to be like Teddy. Right, right. And she's being punished. Because we find out there's so much magic going on in the construction area that the kids can go in there and do magic without being caught by the trace because there's just too much magic and they can't tell where, you know, that it's a child doing it or not. So this is a little different than some fix because in some fix, the trace only picks up magic. And if you're from a magical family, then it doesn't catch you. It's only if you're in a non-magical family where, oh, there's been magic done here. So we know it was you that did it kind of Mm -hmm. like Harry, Mm -hmm. where this is, they can pick up the magic and they can pick up that the kids have done it unless there's so much magic going on that the kids can get away with it kind of a thing. So it's a slightly different. Kind of like background static. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't tell who did what. So, And so she wants him to write to her. Yeah. He's I was, not going to do it. I always thought it was kind of like <laughs> like a sun outage when you're dealing with um, television, especially, you know, you're dealing with it's now you have most stations are sent across the United States and across the world on satellites. Mm-hmm. And certain times mm-hmm. of the year, the satellites line up to a spot where the sun is directly behind the satellite. And when the satellite is transmitting, it's beaming its signal back down to Earth, and it's on a very narrow band. But when you have the sun behind you, it's like trying to talk when you're standing in front of a loudspeaker. You can't hear the person talking because of all of the noise. Right. And that's that's what kind of – that's what I like in this. You're not being able to tell Matt who's doing what magic, mm-hmm. too. That's, that's, that's what it kind of reminded me of. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So we have all the kids, all of Bill's kids who have been <laughs> practicing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the ones that can. Right. So, And that gives him an idea. So during dinner, he excuses himself and goes out to test the wands. Because he brought them with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're in his pocket. And he he wants to give his, he gives the new wand a try first because he wants to give it a chance. He's really hoping. And he says Lumus because it's the only spell he knows. And it sort of glows, but yeah, it's not very good. And so he picks up his father's wand and says Lumos, And the air around him is infused with soft white light. And he smiles. This one feels right in his hand. And he picks up his mother's wand and it, it thrums in his hand. It's almost got a frightening amount of energy. And he starts to say Lumos when Victoire catches him. So I, so I looked at this and I thought, you have Remus's wand, which is like getting into a Cadillac. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you have Tonks's wand, which is like getting into a Lamborghini. <laughs> because the new Lexus. Of, huh? The new Lexus, the $300,000. Yeah. I forget what Lexus it is, but oh. You that, get behind the wheel and you put your foot on the gas and you go. I mean, <laughs> that's what that's what her. Um, 
that's what her wand reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like there's so much energy in it. Yeah. Okay. And it's, they will both probably work for him and they'll both work for him better than the one that he's got. But until he learns control, his yeah. father's wand is going to work much better for him. Yes. Yeah. But we'll figure that out. Mm-hmm. I like that he's trying to call her the name she wants to be called. Because he keeps going back and forth between Vicky and Victoire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, that's just because he doesn't want her to tell. Right, he's being nicer to her. So mm-hmm. And he's kind of got his mother's wand in his hand and he's he's upset and kind of panics because he's afraid she's going to tell on him. And so he's pleading that she doesn't and he's doing basically accidental magic in that, you know, he still has a wand in his hand and stuff, but he's not concentrating on what he wants. And there's rocks now flying at them from the construction site. And he realizes that he was waving the wand around and he's like, Oh, crud. Mm -hmm. But Victoire kind of covers for him. Yeah. Not completely, but enough to not tell about the extra two wands. Yeah. And then she, at the very end, she kind of sneakily says, you will write to me, right? And he's like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, he's just shocked to the first place that she even wants him to. But mm-hmm. uh, Yeah. And they still don't know about the other two wands because he was able to stick those in his pocket and just have his wand out because it was kind of laying right there. And Gran, of course, gets mad and takes him away and says, I'm keeping this until tomorrow morning because you know better than to do magic outside of school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and then we're off to chapter three. We are going to be doing this all night long. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Keep trying to pick it up, guys. <laughs> yep. Oops, and I'm out of notes. Oh, no. Oh, dear. So, back we to- have a, a mission to save the world or a mission <laughs> from God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, dear. We're on a mission from God. Yes. Where is that from? The Blue Blues Brothers. Brothers. Okay. Can't say I've ever seen it. So. Oh, yeah. God. I haven't We're- seen it the whole way through in a very long time. But I've oh seen my gosh. it. Do, 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 Sorry. So Teddy is off to Hogwarts. Once again, he's in the car. Sorry. Being, yeah. But he promises to write and let her know what house he's in, who's who's in his dorm and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. He says, sure. And um, she gives him the speech again about being himself. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but... Uh- and she, they go through the barrier together and he, she says, it's time, Teddy. I'm not sure I'm entirely prepared. And he's like, I promised to write. And a, an old man says, hopefully you mean to keep that promise to more than your grandmother. Ah, uh, hello, Harry. Yep. <laughs> sneaky Harry. So sneaky, sneaky Harry's there in a disguise because the media is there. And our beloved Rita Skeeter is there. And we don't mm-hmm. quite know why yet. So, yeah, he's there to say goodbye as well. Because you know that Harry couldn't let him go off to school without but, being there. No, he couldn't. Especially, you know, this is this is a big deal for Harry, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, because it's his godson going to school for the first time. Yeah. So. Yep. 
he's doing things that Sirius couldn't do for him. And he, he makes everything a point. Not not to slight Sirius, but to honor Sirius and, and to give what he didn't have. Right. So he gets on the train with Frankie. I, they, I like that they head off together with the trolleys <laughs> and they start pushing and pretty soon they're having a race. Yep. Uh-huh. Of course. There. I um, think it's funny that Granny, Harry tells him to enjoy Gryffindor and Granny rolls her eyes like, all right, sure he's going to be in Gryffindor. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. it's, it's a loud and hearty ha. <laughs> yes. So. And then we meet some new people. We do. We meet Bernice. We meet the forest Frankie. guard. Well, we've already met yep. Frankie. Mm-hmm. We meet, I forget the other people's names. They're at the bottom in the chapter. We meet a whole bunch of new people that, that make up this forest guard. and I almost needed to write down their names. Yeah. Because I got lost. Right? Yeah. By the end of it, you'll have them. But yeah. Oh, yeah. right now. I just kept remembering Bernice because she's she talks a lot. Yeah, she, has, she does. Not like in nuns, like she that she talks all the time. She just always has her two cents to put in. She's Hermione. She is. But- there are a lot of Hermione-type girls in, in this story. We have her, and we have Zachary Templeton, and we have Ken Lanigan. Yep. They are the forest guard. And they ask him if he will join in with them, and he's like, uh, what do you do? They're they on a mission? To save the world. From God. <laughs> and they do it in the Forbidden Forest. Yep. Which, you know, these kids have some spunk. They do. If they're going out into the Forbidden Forest. I think every generation has, like, the Marauders or... The Weasleys. Or the Weasleys or some variation. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. Hufflepuffs. That's the great part about it. Hufflepuffs are particularly good finders. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> so you want to save the world, too. Yes, I, I like the scene in the Great Hall where she's like, and everyone should know the Forbidden Forest is still forbidden, and she's glaring at the Hufflepuff table. <laughs> yeah, instead of the Gryffindor table. <laughs> I think there's always a table they have to glare at. Mm-hmm. But, oh my gosh, but they introduce the game of Muggles and Minions, which is the wizarding version of Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. That's just fun. Because when I read that, and then I go back to um, I didn't even Dumbledore's catch that until they started playing it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. We go back to, loud. Oh, sorry. Right. We go, I, I keep going back to Dumbledore's army and Colin's friend who was into to D and D, and you know, it's just it's like, oh look, they they have their own version, and it's so cute. <laughs> they want to be uni students. <laughs> Yep. yep. Go on two pearls. I was like, oh, look at that. <laughs> Those subwoofs are dangerous, you know. Apparently. <laughs> yep. It's fun. So, so they say, okay, we're going to give Teddy a new character and we'll work him in. And Zachary says, well, what if he's not in Hufflepuff? And they're like, of course he's in Hufflepuff. His mom was the ultimate Hufflepuff. Right. He's got to be in Hufflepuff. And but then, the Hufflepuffs let people in anyway, so. And then we get a humph from the door, mm-hmm. and the dark-haired girl who was in Ollivanders is there, and she looks at him with distaste. Yes. And here we have the, uh, ooh, you have a spot on your nose, almost scene from Hermione. She's going to say that, but it's not. No, because she's being mean. Of course. 
and she's saying, I don't know if there's a full moon tonight, but maybe you better watch out for fur. And I suppose someone sh- you should be glad someone will take you in as she looks at the forest guard. And mm-hmm. Teddy's just crushed. Because he's never been exposed to anybody who has problems with werewolves before. No. And he says, you know, there's some unwritten rule about Teddy that yeah. they've they've pretty much kept him in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I have to say Bernice was perfect. You know, she does ask the are you a werewolf? And and it's not that she's like she she does the Hermione needling. It's like nothing would matter. We would just not go out the full moon, of course. Like, you know, very yes. matter of fact, very like the marauders were and like we want to be your friend. We're gonna be animals to help you out because yes. we right. like you. And I was like, Bernice is awesome. Like what won me over in just that those few words. Because that's what you need a friend to do. Just be like, oh, nonchalant, not react. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, you know, the whole, not that there's anything wrong with that. We're not gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. (laughs) Just goes off on a little babble for a moment there. So. Basically, after that whole scene, Teddy just needs some air. So he goes, gets some chocolate frog cards. He wants some chocolate frogs. They get some cards. And he finds the um, the trolley. And he meets Donzo. McCormick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Who is the son of some famous people, both on the Quidditch side and on the Weird Sister side. And... He has a song out, and all the girls are just like, oh, my God, he's kind of, you know, he's going to school, and he's so dreamy, and he just wants to, you know, go to school and be normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but, well, sort of, because he's still got candy with his picture on it and, and singing yeah. notes, and he's throwing that to the adoring crowd. <laughs> and then, yeah. of course, you have Colin, who shows up, or the, you know... The, the ghost of Colin almost here. A camera flash went off. An excited boy crows, I got it, I got it. And he barrels into Teddy, knocking him over. And he's like, oh, aren't you Harry Potter's godson? What a great <laughs> year. Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah. is Colin's godson. Like, <laughs> that's like Colin reincarnate. Or, or yeah. You know. Uh, so Teddy morphs and is like, I don't know what you're talking about. I get mistaken all the time, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he gets his chocolate frogs, and he goes back. And he gets dad yeah. touching, and they put his dad up on on the windowsill so he can look over them. It's like the little things that she just works in here, like just little off things that you know you are following the storyline of what's going on, but you catch these little things and it just mm-hmm. makes you smile, and you move on to another good part. Yeah, and then. I love that Freddie said or Frankie says, "Let's give him some Hufflepuff energy for the Sorting Hat to pick up." So they all kind of rub on him, you know, <laughs> give mm-hmm. him the, the Hufflepuff energy. And one little back back step: we there's a nod to Reg Catamal. Ellie is thinks she's the queen of Hufflepuff, his daughter, and so you know it is all kind of well thought out and, and you know little surnames here and there. Mm-hmm. But see, you know, she went from being terrified and crying of losing her mom to being Miss Hufflepuff popular. So some things are changing and th- some things are, are going to be okay. And it gives you uh, hope you're gonna, for... You're going to see a lot of the, the surnames because the Wizarding World isn't all that big. No. No. But that one caught me because that one was such a big deal in the seventh book. 
of Harry saving Animals. the Catterballs. Yep. You know? Yep. Mm-hmm. And that was such a, a great act of sacrifice and just good, good people, you know, that mm-hmm. Harry had a mission from God and but he still stopped to help the people in need. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, you know, Haggard's first years over here, first years, and they go down to the lake and there's only a few people there. Yeah. And, you know, they're just like, okay, where is everybody? You know? And of course, um, our favorite dark haired, blue eyed girl. I just want to slap her. Mm -hmm. Yep. You have to have a person you want to slap in stories. It just has to work that way. Does the pretty blonde who smiled to Teddy in a watery sort of way remind you of Luna? Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I think her name was Jane. Was that Jane? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't we waiting for the rest? And there's like 15 of 15 kids there and nobody else is there. Yeah. And they're like, uh, no, we're it. That's it. And then we go to the, the next books. chapter. I think one thing that's best about this, aside from Honoria Higgs, is that it, it is amazing, and it happens even now, is how the next generation, for the most part, you know, 90% really develop, like, embraces, you know, some of the things that's a do as I say, not as I do kind of mm-hmm. a thing. That, mm-hmm. um, for instance, you know, I think that my generation is a little bit more colorblind than maybe my parents. Right. And, and those sorts of things that, and the next generation will have something else that they, they see in a different way than I do. Right. You know, whether it's the, the economic situation or, or something else, but you're seeing that this whole health thing is really shaken up now in this chapter. And that's well, great to see. The last line that we have here is, you know, most of any years is half-bloods. How many half-bloods do you think were born that year? Right. Yeah. Yeah, there were very few, Yeah. if any. Mm-hmm. And it's something you don't necessarily think about, but of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they, there wouldn't have been. Mm-mm. I mean, look at look at Gryffindor. I mean, Seamus and Harry kind of and um, Dean are all half blood. Yeah. yeah. And Hermione is muggle born. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Padma and, and Parvati are. I think they're both. It, I think they were both full blood. I think they are both full blood. So, um, because they were allowed back to the school, that's true. During Harry's seventh year, anybody right. who was anybody who was at the school during Harry's seventh year were all pure bloods, right? Because they weren't allowing half bloods in because of blood status, right? So they were allowing half bloods. They weren't allowing mug, Muggleborns. But the only way Muggle we know the, the only way that we know that Dean is a half blood is a footnote. Mm-hmm. In in JKR's you know notebook, he didn't know he was a half blood. He thought he was muggle born. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, but it doesn't surprise it's... me so much that um, that there are mostly half bloods, but you don't necessarily think of the fact that, of course, there wouldn't be a lot of people born while they were having all that happen. Right. I'm sure, though, that the next couple years are going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't doubt. I don't doubt that. Probably Teddy's third year is mm-hmm. going to be an enormous class. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's how it'll work. Well, maybe the fourth year, because you have to think that Teddy's third year will be Victoire's first year. And I think mm-hmm. she was cutting it close on the end of that, that no one was having kids during the, the war sort of a thing. Yeah, but Teddy was only a month old when the war ended. Mm-hmm. True. And so, you know, a year later. Yeah. You okay. Would, yeah. Point. I, I would say I would say probably Teddy's third year. You're going to see a, an explosion in attendance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so they're in the boats and they're heading across the, the lake. And, of course, the uh, blue-eyed girl that we don't like is in the boat with him. And also... Maurice Burke, and yes, I am from Borgen and Burks, but mm-hmm. we don't take any money from him. You know, that's my great uncle, but we don't take any money from him. You know, don't <laughs> don't paint us with the same brush here. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, the girl knows everything about Teddy. Of course. That's Teddy Lupin. He lives with Andromeda Black. His father was a werewolf. And she's like the, the anti-Hermione where she knows all this stuff, not for the good of her, her own knowledge, but to use it for evil. Mm-hmm. Evil. <laughs> yep. And I love what, you know, Maury says, nice to meet you. I wonder what her story is. And he's like, yeah, I think it's spoiled rotten. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, and Teddy does something that he should not have done. Yeah. Teddy should not have morphed into a wolf face. No. How to, yeah. But, but no, how, it's definitely not a how to win friends and influence people moment. <laughs> no, but it, you you know, Honoria, you, you push a button and 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 you push a button. She, pu- I think yeah. she she pushed enough buttons on him that yeah, it was a little yeah, like, you know, mm-hmm. There are times when you just want to turn your back and go. Gee, if you hit him and he hits you back, I didn't see it. Yeah. Mm Kind of learn. But, yeah. And so she gets out of the water because she dived in and swam up to Hagrid and he drives her off. And she's like, well, he's like, well, we'll deal with it when he has a head of house. Mm -hmm. Right. They land and they have to watch out for the red caps. Yep. Mm, That's a new thing as well. Uh Right. There weren't red caps before. Nope. But now there's blood been spilled, so the red caps are there. Mm-hmm. So and we have Professor Longbottom who is now accepting the first years when they come in. And who is now the keeper of the sorting hat, basically. Oh, he's mm-hmm. Sue. He is. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> and I like that um and you can see this that Teddy keeps calling him Neville in his mind. Oh, wait, I mean Professor Longbottom. Because yeah. he's been a family friend for a long time, mm-hmm. and now you've got to switch it. Right. So. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, Professor Longbottom had to correct Teddy, and he said the right thing to never, to, that Teddy won't ever do that again. Right. And it was an interesting way of honoring your father, reminding people of the thing he hated most. And right there, that just jabbed in the gut, twisted, and, you know, expressly directed purpose of, of what he needed. Yeah. And, you know, he was already kind of, think if he had thought about it, he would never have morphed. Right. But he mm-hmm. was upset, and he just did it. And now, yeah, he'll think twice. Neville says, well, I'll come back and get you in a minute. Straighten up your robes. And... We find out that there's one muggle-born that's like, why should I even put on robes? 
and the other kids are like, well, it's just like your school uniform, you know? And put it on. You do it if you're in muggle school. How do you know? Yeah. <laughs> you're not the only muggle-born here. And we look around, and there are six of the 15 mm-hmm. that are muggle-born, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So. And, of course, you know, Honoria, her comments, she just lays it out, you know, like how stupid it was for pretty much for um, Teddy's parents to have had Teddy when really a lot of the half-bloods had been refugees. They'd gone over to the States. They'd gone to Canada. They'd been in the Quidditch network. They'd gotten out of England and and just avoided the whole thing, which if they're not, I, I really can't. I don't know. I mean, we've had this debate has been on the podcast before, you know, I think if I, if it was me and if I'd already been out of the country and kind of stay out of the country and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you're looking at the same thing that, you know, the best way I can describe it is like Tiananmen Square. You know, I've, I have a very good, my, my college roommate, her parents got, you know, to stay in the country because they were in the U S during Tiananmen Square and, they didn't want to go back. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what so, it kind of reminded me of again when we go back to how all of this is very reminiscent of Nazi Germany. Yeah. And it's it's like the people who left Germany, who fled Germany, mm-hmm. who didn't want to go back. Right. Yep. So that's what I liken it to. You know, so I mean, in liking it to that, it's like, do you blame, do you attack the Jews who got out of Germany no. safely. No. no, You know, they, they didn't fight, but Shoot. they they fought to live. Right. You know, so, you know, Honoria, yeah, her parents, they jumped ship, you know, and, and waited to see what was going to come out of it. But at the same time, you know, I they might have had a better, a better love for their family than they did for the cause. Mm-hmm. And we'll just leave it at that. Right. So... Okay. And I liked that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And they mentioned Oliver again, and that Oliver helped to get that Quidditch network going to get that mm-hmm. those people out of the country to stay out of the country, just for their own safety. Like yes, okay. <laughs> I love my guy. Miss <laughs> Lupin has Lupin. I have Mr. Oliver. There you go. <laughs> so and mm-hmm. yeah, this is a becomes not necessarily a heated conversation, but it there deep into this conversation um, and actually they, but they get interrupted by the ghosts who kind of float through and (laughs) we find out that Morning Myrtle has gotten greater haunting privileges in Ravenclaw so she's not confined to the bathroom in the lake anymore which I don't know that she was really confined to those but that's where she liked to be and now she's kind of branching out a little. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought she was really forced to be there necessarily but it's good that she's wandering around a little more mm-hmm. so. I like Ernestine <laughs> yeah teeny. teeny so I guess they all they all get sorted and we have Muggleborns going to Slytherin so there is progress yep mm-hmm. but um, let's let's back up just a hair because we need to talk about the, what the sorting hat does mm-hmm. yeah Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. <laughs> the Sorting Hat sings a new song, and during this new sorting ceremony, he talks about the sacrifices that were made um, 
And basically what happens is the candles go out over the different tables and in the smoke of those candles, the faces and, and bodies of the people that died from each house are mm-hmm. seen. So, I, well, I, backing up even further, you look at the, the hat itself oh yeah, where you can see the scorch marks of the flames mm-hmm. still on the hat. And it was in a constant motion of memory. And it makes sense, I guess, then that Neville would have the hat because it burned on his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they kind of, you know, it was kind of a when he started there, it wasn't even a discussion. It was just like, OK, he gets it. You know, it was mm-hmm. an automatic thing. Yeah. Well, what's the thing? The thing that gets me, you go to the the spot where you have people who the people who died, Mm -hmm. and you have a you have quite a few from Hufflepuff. Mm -hmm. You have a good amount from Ravenclaw. You have a fair amount from Ravenclaw, including you have you have just a couple from Slytherin. Right, but there's some. Right. Well, yeah, you have Snape, and you have Regulus. um, Regulus. Regulus, uh, probably. And then you have. Dozens, lot dozens. <laughs> yeah, so many that Teddy can't find his father. Yep. Yeah, but Neville's there and kind of points him in the right direction, so he gets to see him for just a minute, and and he thinks he sees a young Albus Dumbledore and stuff like that, and then hat. That's kind of fun. Harry, uh, Harry's dad. Yeah, but I think what the hat says is truly like it fits. Bold Gryffindor, as always, took the deepest cut of all. There's scarlet blood and banner laid claimed upon this hall. Well, I mean, it, it fits. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the front lines, then Ravenclaw's in the battle room, you know. Right. Hufflepuff, you know, they're there. They're toiling. Hufflepuffs are the foot soldiers and the Slytherins are the spies. Yep. Yeah. But I like that the ending of this, it talks about the different houses. You know, you'll find a home in Hufflepuff if your heart is kind and true and everything. But I like mm-hmm. that Slytherin has changed. Slytherin has a subtle, subtle soul and craves respect to win. If you long to prove yourself, come home to Slytherin. Yeah. So it's not so much the ambition. It's right. the, it's now it's turned into having respect. to prove, yeah, having to prove yourself. And proving your ambition and proving yourself mm-hmm. can be similar. It's oh, just yeah. a mm-hmm. different connotation of the same action. Well, so, that's what um, it was about Harry that attracted the Sorting Hat to putting him in Slytherin. It's that you have a deep yeah. thirst to prove yourself. Right. To prove that yourself. Be, right. Mm-hmm. So, and then we have people sorted, and we're not going to go through all of them, but um, before he kind of knows his name is called, and he goes up, and of course, you know, Hat says, so many lines end in you, so many, and... You know, Teddy's like wondering what's going on. And the hat laughs at him and says, oh, let's see. No, you shouldn't be in Slytherin. And Ravenclaw, well, yeah, but is that who you are? Hufflepuff, you do well in Hufflepuff or Gryffindor. And Teddy thinks about his father Mm -hmm. and is in Gryffindor. Yay, Gryffindor. Yay. Yeah, (laughs) but we get to the end of the list. There's only one Gryffindor. Only one new Gryffindor. Smallest he's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kind of like um, my dad often says, but it's it's not quite the same thing. But when he um, he went into seminary, he was a graduating class of one. But yeah, it started out with six people. They just all had sort of staggered schedules, mm-hmm. and some of them mm-hmm. finished early, and 
some of them kept on going or whatever. So he ended up being one, but it didn't start that way. So. But yeah, it's kind of tough for Teddy, but so they sort of have to arrange his schedule in odd ways so that he isn't just having classes by himself. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And here's where we find out about the new headmistress, who is uh, Professor Sprout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Rise to the top. Yeah. Yeah. Yay, this is like the Hufflepuff. Like, we, we love this because Hufflepuffs rule. Hufflepuffs are particularly good finders. Yep. Sorry, Kelly. <clears throat> anyway. Pay so, no attention to the code for the Ravenclaw smiley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, they, yes, and that's where we find out that um, the Forbidden Forest is, in fact, forbidden and yeah. dangerous. <laughs> as she and the elves have right. Significant glance over at the Hufflepuff table. Significant mm-hmm. glance. And they all forget that they like to go out there. No, that doesn't work. And then no. the elves have rights, and they get honored, and they get to come up in their their cute little tea towels and chef whites. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Winky is the chef. She's the, the head elf now. Is she? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We find that out more oh, surely okay, later, later when they go down to the kitchens, okay. but I sort of thought that to start with, because she's one of the ones who would actually wear clothes. Yeah. But, yeah That's because she's a free elf. Right. True. Mm-hmm. So... And we have Andrew, who's the new prefect, and he's, ex- you know, all excited. He's going to get to do the first year's introductions. And he's like, all right, first year's. And he's like, oh, um, uh, first, first year. year? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I practiced. <laughs> Sorry. I got it. So, you know, yep. you're up there. And he goes up. Don't go up the girl staircase. <laughs> nah, it's noisy. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, and you're like, uh huh. What have you been doing? <laughs> so, and he gets in his room and he starts writing letters. And he's trying not to make this whole situation sound bad. He's trying to find the positive. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a Hufflepuff in him too. There is, and yeah. that's when Professor Longbottom comes and knocks on the door and says, "Can I see you in the common room? It's not good for the head of house to visit the dormitories." <laughs> and we find out that he needs to figure out his classes. I like I like the fact that, you know, Teddy notes that there's only 15 of us. And it's now there are about a dozen more. Still a small year. But mm-hmm. they decline the letters. You know, some are overseas, you know, and decide the school there. The other thing, we got some fun responses from the Muggle-born parents on that one. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. But the thing that I, I kind of questioned, because I don't, you must have to read some of the back stuff to figure out really what he's talking about. But I guess they tried to steal the list, which really was kind of a, a strategic move on, on the, the Death Eaters part of all of the new Muggleborns and all the people who would be coming to Hogwarts in the future. Yeah, and they, they were else, able to protect it. Right. It had happened before the Death, of, the death Eaters had taken over yeah. in the seventh year. Someone else had tried to steal it, and so they had put on more protections that they couldn't break through. Well, and I'm yeah. thinking that I think I know why they tried to steal it. Oh, yeah. Because if it you could was to find Harry, yeah. you could find yeah, Harry. Yeah. Because that list said where they were, because that list said where to send the letters. Right. True. And if they knew where Harry was, even with the blood wards, they would have, because he, <laughs> he doesn't stay there all the time. Yeah. I mean, they could have got, they could have picked him up. They could have picked him up anywhere along the way. 
I also thought it would to, you know, decimate an entire, entire generation and not allow these muggle children to reach their potential. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just really vandalize the entire, like, just wipe it out in one fell swoop and to continue to be able to wipe it out if they gain control of it. I mean, it was a huge strategic move. Yeah. So do, do, does anybody remember a fic? And it may have, I don't it's one of those go back in time kind of things mm-hmm. where Hermione doesn't come to Hogwarts. She never finds out she's a witch. That and she ends up going to middle, school. It's the middle of Psychic um, Serpent, I think. Yeah. Is this the middle one jealous? of Psychic Serpent? Yes. Yeah. No. Harry goes I, I don't, to the I don't know. It, or is it another was, one? It, that may happen. It was a different one. It wasn't that one because I haven't read the middle one of that one yet. Um, okay. But it, she is a very confused, sad, lonely person because mm-hmm. her, um, you know, she's uh, basically. But she couldn't in, find her niche. Right. No, she couldn't. Not at all. So I thought that was interesting. In the because this would have been the same thing. You keep those mm-hmm. you keep those children out, and you know, a you're decimating your own population, mm-hmm. and b you know, you're controlling. You know, it's and like I said again, it's very Nazi Germany. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I like that um, Neville says. You know, we need to we, instead of having you just be in a class all by yourself, we're gonna kind of put you in with different ones. Do you have preferences? And Teddy grins and says, well, first he says, I've met people from everywhere. And then he grins and says, I think I need to do defense against the dark arts with the Slytherins so that I can, you know, go after Honoria Higgs. (laughs) And uh, Neville's like, "Uh, I'm your head of house, Teddy. It's not a good idea to tell me that. Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, and he, he pretty much gets a mixture of classes with everybody. He's going to mm-hmm. do some with the Slytherins and some with the Ravenclaws and some with the Hufflepuffs. More Hufflepuff leaning than anything else, but that's okay with him because he knows a lot of Hufflepuffs. Right. The Forest Guard or Hufflepuffs? Yep. So he's friends with them. And he goes back and plays with Checkmate a little bit and then pulls out the blank piece of parchment. And mm-hmm. there's a little bit of parchment that's kind of with it that says tap here and these are your instructions and i love that it's harry's drawings and they're like stick figures (laughs) yeah (laughs) with with, with you and he probably used the crayons the metamorpha markers (laughs) to to make the hair color (laughs) Mm -hmm. i could see that i like the Teddy's godfather had many skills drawing was not one of them (laughs) yep but he gets the password and he tries it out and he knows what the Marauder's map is right. vaguely. And now he's got it. He's, this is great. And he looks around for people and then he notices some people seem to be walking through walls and things. Mm-hmm. And there's a problem. The, the map, map has out gone of out of date. Yeah. Yeah. Dun, dun, well, dun. You know, that happens when you have to rebuild the castle. Right. Yep. Major renovations here. So obviously he's going to be forced to explore all sorts of places and fix. <laughs> <laughs> Won't that be fun? Uh-huh. Yep. And on to chapter five. 
Yes. <laughs> I thought, I'm sorry. The Hogwarts of History, the revised and expanded edition from Hermione. I guess from Hermione. Yep. <laughs> Which for some Are reason brought ready? great merriment to both Ron and Uncle Harry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He kind of knew what was going on, but there was no way he could have anticipated it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. To go back, I Nick was talking to, in Chapter 4, Nick kept talking to Teddy. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden he's like, okay, I'm, you know, um, he, he told everyone that who was in Gryffindor that Teddy may have been related to on every line. He's like, and now I'm going to go do some precision gliding. <laughs> <laughs> like, Is that the afternoon mm-hmm. entertainment? <laughs> oh, well, you know, the ghosts like to entertain. Yeah. You can't participate in the headless hunt. No. True. But it was just so funny. Precision gliding. I'm like, is it marching band for ghosts? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> Glide in time for the school song. Maybe. <laughs> Except they don't have any time because nobody sings the same. I was going to say, don't they sing whatever they want? <laughs> yeah. Hey. Well. Although maybe okay. Sprouts put a stop to that. You never know. <laughs> That's true, too. They have a choir now. Maybe they know how to sing. How you have the But he keeps getting lost, so he's kind of embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And he runs into a wall at some point. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, the stairways move and he gets lost. And he's got the map and it kind of gets him there. But then, yeah, he runs into a wall and that, that doesn't work. So. Mm-hmm. He gets into Defense Against the Dark Arts that's being taught by his mother's former boss and He's like, uh, oh, oh, I didn't know it was going to be you. And he tries not to mm-hmm. say the word werewolf. Mm. I think it was funny that he put the scarlet and gold streaks in his hair. Yeah, it's funny. Just to tick off the Slytherins. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's, ta- he's talking to some of the Slytherins, and Maurice says, um, he's talking to Maurice, and he's like, oh, yeah, maybe it is too provocative, so he makes it his entire head instead of the stripes. Which I'm sure helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, well. I like that their first potion is a laughing libation. I cannot see Snape teaching that ever. No. No, no, no never. Never, ever. But yes, it's kind of like Flitwick starting the, well, I guess they weren't starting the year. I can't remember when Cheering Charms were, but it's no. kind of the, the potions version of Cheering Charms, it seems to me. At lunch, he gets an owl from Hagrid inviting him to tea. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he brings all sorts of people along. Yes. Maurice and Corky and various... Tinny. Yes, Tinny, because they meet her on the way. And apparently, Teddy is being absolutely oblivious to what Laura is up to. At least, so Tinny thinks anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and none of the others get it either. No. But Tinny's making fun of Laura in her breathy manner and... She, Teddy, Teddy just thinks, well, she's not all that bright. And uh, <laughs> Teddy's like, ah, she's bright enough. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And they pass the Whomping Willow, and Tinny starts to talk about it and, you know, wonders why it's mm-hmm. there. And Teddy decides not to say anything about it. Yeah. So. He's a little worried at first, but she has heard about it from her dad, who was Davy Gudgeon from the books. Yeah. Right. And he almost lost an eye to it, so he, she's been told to stay well clear of that tree. Mm-hmm. Watch out for that tree. <laughs> George. George, George. George. Don't go. Watch. Do, do, do. 
Oh, watch oh, out my. for that tree. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Wow. But, uh, because he's run into so many people. Here. You're lucky I am so awake. <laughs> I know. Hagrid doesn't have enough cups. No. But they... <laughs> he finds more, and they're the size of a soup bowl, apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Giant ice cups. And, yep. and he has a new wand. Yeah. Yes, he doesn't have to have his pink umbrella anymore. Because Hermione has pushed through that he could take his newts on care of magical creatures in defense against the dark arts, and they got him through the test and got him passed, and so now he has his own wand. Mm-hmm. Well, it does kind of make sense that the charismatical features teacher would probably pass the newt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you hope. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I'm sure she probably it, that, the, the the reason that he had the wand wasn't contingent on him passing the newts. No, no. Well, Think about it. You don't have to pass your test before you get your wand. That's no, true. but the reason he got it snapped is because he was expelled. But right. So now that right. he's um, formally tested out of Hogwarts, he can have a real one again. Right. Mm-hmm. So. I was going to say, yeah, I, I lost my point. Oh, she probably was able to get him in because there were so many in their year that didn't have the new levels. Like, they were probably like just a general examination that anyone who had that abbreviated couple of years could go back and take and and finish, and she was just mm-hmm. able to probably sneak him in. Yeah, that, that gave her the precedent anyway. Yeah. It wouldn't have been the same time if it was just that last year, but yeah. it right. probably helped. Oh, um, and I like the fact that Molly tried to teach him how to cook, but it didn't take. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> she tried to teach him to make the fluffy cakes, but yeah, not so good. Um, mm-hmm. They all have different uh, responses yeah. to the rock cakes. <laughs> Yeah. And they're talking about um, they're talking about the U.S. and, and Niagara Falls. And he's like, I've been lots of places, but not been there. Too many muggles. I stand out a bit. <laughs> and he's like, You've been to the oh, middle. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> well, they're talking about Canada because yeah. he's from Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we have a scene change, and Granny has discovered that, that the wands are missing. The mm-hmm. wands are missing. Mm-hmm. Yes, and. Yeah. Um, Corky the Canadian isn't allowed to use British slang. I like that bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Can't say mate. Nope. Nope. Or blimey. It just or doesn't blimey. work in the accent, apparently. But so anyway, they, yeah. they can't say A. No. That was a little odd, because I guess maybe Corky's from Ontario. <laughs> Are you calling out your, your Canadian brother brethren there, Scott? Mm-hmm. There are very few people I've actually heard who use A as a conversational prop. But I heard it a lot when I was in Toronto. Mm-hmm. It comes up occasionally. We'll use it as just a sentence-ending thing where you guys would say, huh. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not nearly as like every other sentence the way it is in the... I'm sure... I think there are some areas where it's more common and that's where they got it from. But yeah. No, it's, it's, it's the redneck version, A. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's the two comedians who are on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's Bob and Doug McKenzie's fault. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Gilly Donut, eh? <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> I'm moving I right of, along. <laughs> yes, I, I backdated your going up past the scene change. So. Okay. Anyway. 
I thought this was interesting um, when they're in. Uh, you you always you're always under the impression that and I and I know they did this in the in the fifth movie actually or in uh, Half Blood Prince where they're showing that things that are affecting the wizarding world are affecting the Muggle world mm-hmm. and in this section that we have here and and I kind of it reminded me of looking back at Harry's years at Hogwarts and how insulated they were. Mm-hmm. from anything that was going on around them in the muggle world. And here they're having a discussion about these things are happening in the wizarding world, but look at all the bad things that happened at the same time in the muggle world. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a very interesting parallel. Right. Mm. Yes. Professor Bins has been forced to expand his curriculum. <laughs> yeah. He can't just do the Goblin Wars anymore. He's got to do other things too. Yeah. yeah. Big sigh from the ghost. <sighs> I, I think that must have been like his thesis or something. Yeah. Did Goblin Wars. And so... And but we, yes, we're having a lot of talk about muggle things because they've got the well, new students who are from Jeffrey other areas. Is, yeah. yeah. Jeffrey in particular is being um, a annoying. <laughs> yeah. A turd is right. <laughs> But uh, yes, an irritant, perhaps. <laughs> mm-hmm. An antagonist would probably be a good word. Yeah. yeah. And I think this is where um, Oliver Scowl was talking earlier about the purebred status and all of that that was going on, because it, this does bring up a lot of the pureblood pure stuff. And it goes on until finally Ben says, enough! Yeah. yeah. This is not what we're studying. He does have a couple of good points. He's just antagonistic about it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the fact that um, this is a, a viewpoint coming down from Slytherin in 1200 whenever, and they were having a war about it in the 90s. Right. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. But, but yes, they do eventually go back to the lesson, and Teddy wanders off and thinks about other things again. And um, he gets back to... Well, it goes through some of the other things that they do in class. He's got astronomy with Hufflepuffs, and he's sharing star charts, and he's going to see a planetarium with Roger Young if they ever manage to get out and see one. Right. And apparently he's a bird fellow, Roger. Yes, um, wants to meet Hagrid. Yeah. And now that he's had his first day, the dormitory is kind of empty because Mm -hmm. he's been surrounded by people. But Checkmate's still there. So he plays with her for quite some time, and then he's going to look over the map again. Right. And he can't. He try first. He tries the repairing spell, which doesn't quite work because the map's more complex than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's like kind of tapping. He, you see him. He's kind of just you know playing with the wand and kind of swinging it and tapping at the parchment. And he's thinking out loud to himself. And he's like, "Tell me how to fix you. Tell me how to fix you." And as he's doing that. He's, you know, tapping it with the wand and, and all of a sudden, kind of without even thinking about it, he's like, I'm Teddy Lupin. Tell me how to fix you. And ink starts appearing. Yeah. At first, it's Wormtail. Right. Yeah. And then it's prongs. Right. And, th- <laughs> and none of them are very complimentary. No, they yeah. aren't. Well, it's and the same it's... sort of thing that Snape yeah. did in book three. <laughs> he said something to the map and gave his name, and so they and, started and insulting him. Mind his own business, right? right? <laughs> mm. 
Um, I, I do like Sirius's bit, though. Yeah. Mr. Fadbit wishes to express his amazement to Mr. Moody that such a person as Mr. Lupin is here to ask such a question. Right. <laughs> Mr. Moody. And Mr. Moody is astonished that Mr. young Mr. Lupin hasn't been given the wherewithal to answer his own question and certainly hopes he has better ways to ask, as he would certainly have been raised with better manners. Aww. Uh, yeah, well, you know, it's that whole insult thing. Right. The yeah. thing that gets me is the line he says, you know, I request the honor of learning the secrets of updating the Marauder's map. And you get this handwriting and this line that says, what binds is bound to the bonded. The bonded may bind more. Right. And, and, like, and he uh, knows uh, who it is. And he knows who Prongs is. That's mm-hmm. what gets me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he doesn't understand. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't. I do but like if, if you think about it, what binds is bound to the bonded, which means what's already on there is bound to the four. Right. But it can he can be added and he can bind more to it. Right. He doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's so. like, he stares at this for a long time. Thanks, Mr. Potter. That clears it all up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he might have got what you just said. Huh? Um, Kelly, I think he might have gotten what you had just said. Like he yeah. gets that they're bound, they're they bound it, they binded yeah. it, so they are bound, and you know they can right. be bonded, and that but he now can't he be bonded. But, but he doesn't know how to do it. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That helps. And <laughs> it's not going to be easy because none of the four of them is actually around. Right. right. So they would have been probably able to change things much more easily. Right. Yeah, and they're all kind of, you know, none of them would have thought that, that they would not be around. So right. even mm-hmm. their map selves would be kind of thinking, well, somebody should be there. Tell him how to do this. Yeah. Why aren't they? Well, that's why it also says, you know, I would think that you would be raised with better manners. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So. so then we have a scene change. And we're at breakfast and Uncle Harry finally writes back. <laughs> yes. Poor pig. Yeah. yeah. I feel like he's, he's, he's the new the, uh, Errol. Yeah. <laughs> he's the new Errol. Well, Pig at this point would be what? 15? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. And not only is he the Errol, but he's a smaller version. Of yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's way over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure eating bacon all the time, he's a chubby version of the old Errol. <laughs> I don't know. He probably works it off pretty well. He gets this letter from Harry. And the, you know, he spoke to Ron and Hermione about this business of Teddy being the only Gryffindor. Mm -hmm. And James was very upset. Oh, yes. So so they sent a whole bunch of pictures and everybody everybody wanted a color. That's right. Um, Including, you know, Martian, the the purple blob of the kitten. Uh, Let's see. Fortunately, they were labeled. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Ginny sent cookies and Harry found out what the hat was doing and was very proud of him. Yeah, he was a little worried that he'd be upset by it. Yeah. And Teddy's spirits kind of fall because he hadn't been able to tell them how he felt to see his mother appear in the smoke or his father. Yeah. Uh, so they're kind of, they're proud of the way he handled it and he didn't maybe handle it as well as them. He, he didn't, he wasn't, he was, he didn't feel that he was very brave. The letter that he sent to Victoire was a little <laughs> different than the one he sent to the quote-unquote old people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, he told him to tell her everything. 
And, the, and then there was a the comment about the tension. No one gets away without any, even ask Hermione. Yeah. <laughs> even Hermione had one first year, ask Hagrid. Yeah, ask Hagrid. I, um, mm-hmm. when I was younger, my cousin, who I adored, she was a good 10 to a couple years older than me. And when she went off to college, I would send her letters in my little seven-year-old writing kit on Lisa Frank unicorn paper. (laughs) (laughs) And I would just tell her what was going on and ask her how she was. And like she said, I talked to her later. She's like, we howled. (laughs) She's like, not at you, but just it was so cute. Like, and I was like, I just wanted to get it now. And, you know, but yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I was like, I did that. I was, I was older, but yeah, I completely understand that. <laughs> well, it's not like they have email, you know. Right. Yeah, they have to write. And granted, like, yeah, that was I, I wrote, and it, it had to be like ninety two, ninety three when she was in college. So I was like six or seven. So I was old enough to know how to write some things, or like know how to use whiteout on paper, but. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I made it work. Fun. That's Little fun. flowers yeah. here and there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, like, well, Lisa Frank stationery came with stickers. And, oh, yeah. And the envelopes were, were, were flowered and had unicorns all over them. I remember. <laughs> I remember those. I'm sure they still make them. They do. It's <laughs> still out there. Yep. That and my mm-hmm. Trapper Keeper. I was I was styling oh, back yeah. then. Stylish. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And of course, Harry, as a P.S., may I assume you've carefully looked over any blank pieces of parchment you may happen to have. <laughs> yeah. So Teddy sends back a, a note that says, it seems to be defective or antique. Yeah, that's it. Antique. Antique. Mm-hmm. A little out of date. And the the pictures that come, there's actually one two checkmate love Martian. Right, <laughs> it's got little kitty footprints all over it. And it was and it was labeled Martian S Potter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My dog had a middle name. It was Hatches Emery. I don't know where I came up with it, but she had a middle name. <laughs> Misty had a middle name. Misty. It was Misty Pearl. Okay. So and boy, she got told Misty Pearl when she was in trouble. Well, my mm-hmm. my parent, my mom and stepfather have a dog named Cody Lee. Yeah, and if you're going to go into show dogs or anything of that sort, you often oh, yeah. need to have a longer name. So, like my um, aunt's puppy, she got a couple years ago, so not a puppy so much anymore, is um, Periwinkle Blue, and possibly another name after that, but everyone calls her Wink. Right. Mm-hmm. Wait, did I? Top, you know, off topic. I uh, we had show dogs when I was growing up, and Tanya was Tanya Morganwald Grawasov and Matthews. That was her whole name. Right. And then Tony was Mark Anthony Grawasov and Matthews because he was not a Morganwald dog. Tanya was, and um, I have was looking for something. I don't even remember what I was looking for. And did a search for Tony's name and found his great, great, great grand puppy mm-hmm. as a sh- who is a show dog. And it's like, oh, look, there's Tony. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these are the these are the dogs that I grew up with. Yeah. You know, I was That's... a June handler of one of them as a show dog, so that was a big deal. You know, for here's this 
here's a dog that, that has been gone for, you know, 15 years and, and this is his, and he's got a line of champions that come from him. That's, that's a neat thing. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they all have names like, you know, Pepper Hills, um, Morgan, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then you'll have some long exotic name and the dog's call name is like, you know, Butch. (laughs) (laughs) Boris had a German name, but I, Boris Vonder something. Mm -hmm. It meant thief Mm -hmm. because he he liked to steal things. Uh. (laughs) Kind of like Kelly's dog. He likes to bring down. Oh, I I just took her collar off of him, off of her and had it sitting here on the couch because I didn't want her to rattle, and she reached down and grabbed it and tried to hop off the couch with it in her mouth. I'm like, oh, no, you know. <laughs> she was going to take her jingle somewhere else. Yep. <laughs> I hate to... Yeah, I'm, I'm back on. I'm done. You're We're almost yeah. ready to go to sleep, so... Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so it's the yes, very we bottom. We have all the labeled things, and I like the... Um, metamorph markers that they've mm-hmm. made one for Teddy and James is exactly the same size as Teddy and Al and Rosie are tiny. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's pretty typical of kids. So yep. you can mm-hmm. always tell as a teacher of young children, you can always tell who rules the household. If you have the children draw pictures of their family, because if the child is bigger than the adults, you know that they run the house. And if the adults are bigger than the children, then you know, they do. <laughs> and it's always true. It's the way the kids perceive it is usually how it works out. So kind of fun. There you go. I like Bill's entire family had triangular bubbles of blonde hair, except for Marie and Bill, the bubbles of red hair. <laughs> yeah. And George's wife was named Sophie, which was a good reminder. Because <laughs> in, er, in an earlier chapter, he couldn't, Teddy couldn't remember what his wife's name was. So. Yeah. Yeah. So... He's back to class and in the Defense Against the Dark Arts class. And of course, uh, what's your name? Heart. I don't have it in front of me. Robards. No, the girl. Oh, Honoria. Honoria has brought up werewolves. And of course. That, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's a broken record with her. And so, you know, and Robards is like, uh, well, uh, uh so he really of, doesn't want to get into that. No. This is just introductory. We're not going to talk about them until third year. Give it a rest. Mm-hmm. And Teddy has to say the word werewolves for him because he doesn't want to say well, it. Yeah, he can't sure. spit it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Teddy hangs out after class and he goes and says, you know, I don't mind you saying werewolves. I don't mind werewolves. And I like this teacher. He kind of thinks about it. And he says, I'm not being very helpful to you, am I, Teddy? And Teddy shakes his head and he says... I will do my best to stop being helpful to you, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and he, and he reminisces a little bit about Tonks. Your mom was one of my best stores and a good friend. And she got my wife and another lady who was also a good friend out of Britain for me. They were both muggle born and you know, you're named after your grandfather, aren't you? And, uh, you know, Remus helped Ted get a lot of, Hogwarts students away from the Snatchers. Right. And, uh, you know, he, he did all these things. He was, he, he was such a, he was such a good man. He's, he's just, he's trying too hard. Right. This is the first time Teddy's really had somebody who told him stories about his parents while he's at Hogwarts. So he's kind of enjoying that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he says he's been trying to be sensitive to Teddy's situation and he'll try to be a little more insensitive. That was it. (laughs) 
it's mm-hmm. like you're being a little bit too politically correct. Okay, just, yes. just back off, off a little. <laughs> so, and then he kind of wanders over to the Hufflepuff table after dinner for dinner, and they decide they're gonna go play Muggles and Minions. Yes. I like this. Oh. He finds out who's in the greenhouse by using the map. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he wonders if he should go and say hi, but then to Professor to. Longbottom, who is on the map. <laughs> yep. I guess those have to be No, probably not. And, and that a- is the end of Chapter 5. Yay! So, Yay! That's it for this week. <laughs> and you'll have to come back next week to hear about the adventures and vagaries of Muggles and Minions, which they have arranged to play after um, for Saturday or whatever the next day is. Yep. So. Yeah, I, I definitely recommend reading this story. This yes. is a really good story. It's a wonderful story. And once you finish this one, you'll want to go on to the rest of them. Yeah. I don't remember what they call the slice first. Is that what they're called? I don't know. I don't remember. There are quite well, a few. They're, a more they're, shift, yeah, they're changes. shift verse. They're shift verse mm-hmm. is what it is. And it's an yeah. it's an AU um, with that where Remus and Tonks uh, it revolves around our missing talks. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I really like Fernwitty. <laughs> yes. Yay. And and if you if you've don't be surprised if you've heard her name before. She has been mentioned on Pottercast mm-hmm. by the host over there saying, "Oh yeah, we've read the story. You should read it." That's the same person, guys. This is the same person they're talking about over there. They just mm-hmm. didn't go into any detail with any of the story. So, yeah. but. So, yeah, it's a great start. Um, it's an interesting premise. You know, Teddy's there alone, the only new Gryffindor of his year. Yeah. And then just to see where it's going to go. And you know that the Forest Guard, well, it's in the title. So, you know, the Forest Guard mm-hmm. is going to go somewhere with this as well. And Something's going to happen in the forest. And Teddy has to fix the map. And well, I'm sure and- Honoria will get her comeuppance at some point or other. Mm-hmm. And, and just, just be aware that at the at the time that we're doing this, um, Fernwithy is releasing chapters of Teddy's seventh year. So there are five more stories between the one we're doing and the one she's writing right now. Yeah. So there's a we lot more to won't this. Cover them all, but uh, no, probably not. <laughs> no, but, but you uh, can certainly go on from here. By all means, I will. I like yeah. tomorrow night. <laughs> Yeah. That's tomorrow night. If we ever <laughs> let her go to bed tonight. <laughs> well, so. it's actually tonight. Oh, we doing it. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah, it's past midnight there. <laughs> it's still it's still yesterday for you in Hawaii. Does that make any sure. sense? <laughs> yeah, that <does> make sense. <laughs> it's so. still Monday in Hawaii, okay? <laughs> it's still Monday in St. Louis. <laughs> right, it is for another <laughs> 25 minutes. still Monday so, here. It's, yeah. yeah, it's really still Monday here. But No, no I, I'm excited because when I, I already read it, the whole thing. So I'm rereading it. And I'm really excited because I felt like it was the end of, like, like all the other Harry Potters is the end of the story, but there's still so much more to tell. Like mm-hmm. there's some good groundwork there. So I'm kind of yeah. excited just to have I, found her live journal site and I'll be perusing yeah, that. I, I really like this author. So mm-hmm. yeah, she tells a really good story. Right. So. Yeah. So highly recommended. I haven't read any of the rest of it, so I'm excited to see what happens next on our various weeks. And hopefully the rest of you will come back and listen as well because yes. I'm sure it'll be great fun. So we'll see you next week, everybody. 
Good night. Good night. Good night. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.